I used to love that movie. Please don't remake this. I have such fond memories of that film. Please don't remake this. Hey, Hollywood, if you want to be smart, just hire some writers to make some new art. And after our heart to heart, go make a new start. Please, God, please, God. Don't ruin my childhood. Please don't remake this. Please don't remake this. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Please Don't Remake This, the movie podcast where my guest of the week and I get nostalgic and talk about one of our favorite childhood movies. I'm Lauren Mosher, and for some reason I have a really hard time doing this introduction sometimes because I'm... I've done this, this is what probably going to be close to like one of the, the 20th episode or something, and I still have to read off a piece of paper that entire intro because <laughs> I'm a mess. Yeah, you are. Ooh, okay, so I'm Lauren Mosher. Hey, everybody. And <laughs> with me, I have one of my best friends, one of my repeat guests, uh, musical director and pianist by trade, Jacob Stebley. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. We, for those of you listening, we just talked for like 40 minutes. So. Yeah, we did. <laughs> so we're very much like, let's just get into it. Let's just go. <laughs> um, so we're talking about, hopefully most of you read the title of this episode before listening. Um, and if you didn't, fun. You're just full of surprises today. Um, but we are listening. We are listening to. We are talking about. <laughs> Both. Why not every? We'll we'll watch it. We everything. You guys are listening at home. I'm talking about it, or at least I should be doing a good job. Uh, we're gonna be talking about The Wizard of Oz, the classic movie musical. Probably the first movie musical all of us were introduced to as children. Mm-hmm. Um, probably this tied with like Sound of Music. I feel. Well, you know what's funny? I'm talking about like our generation. Like I feel like those are the two that we were handed as children. But nowadays, like, is Disney considered the first movie musical for children? Like, is Hamilton the first movie musical now for children? Like, (laughs) Yeah, who's, like, some four-year-olds out there watching their Disney Plus, and they're like, I'm going to watch Hamilton today. Yeah. um, They probably do do that, actually. Oh, yeah, there's probably tons of kids across the the world who are probably, Hamilton is probably their first musical, their first movie musical, which is great. Uh, That's, like, awesome material to start with. Um, Yeah. Why not? It'll just be hard for them to probably watch Wizard of Oz someday, because they'll be like, this isn't Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) Where's my historical figures? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Um... So, yeah, we're going to be talking about The Wizard of Oz, which, uh, of course, I always start the show, you know, with why this movie. And um, you, Jacob, this is your birthday episode. Since your birthday is March 20th, everybody say happy birthday to Jacob. Uh, Write a subscribe, rate, and review and mention his birthday in it. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Um, Yeah. But um, it's, this is your birthday episode. And so you chose the movie. Uh, My guests always choose the movie. Why do I I make it sound? I've chosen every movie I've done. (laughs) I always let my guests choose the movie. I don't know why I always have to specify that. My guests always pick the movie, um, but um, you pick this movie, and mm-hmm. tell me why. Tell the tell the listeners at home why. Well, I mean, when every time you ask me what movie I want to do, I have to rack my brain about what I <laughs> even watched when I was a child. And when I was thinking, I don't know why I hadn't thought of this one sooner, but I was obsessed with The Wizard of Oz when I was a kid. I loved this movie. I don't remember the first time I would have even watched it. All I know is that I was too young to remember watching it for the first time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I had an aunt who also 
loved this movie. And so when we were growing up, anytime I'd end up over at her house, this movie would always end up on TV. Oh, yeah. Uh, my first nightmare I remember having oh, no. involved The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> oh, this, that's one of my, like, that's one of my um, most iconic, as I jokingly call this, like, baby's first horror movie. But I yeah. I consider it a horror movie. Like, for little kids, this is Frankly, one of the scariest movies. Frankly, it's more terrifying than I remembered. It is. It, it gen- it's a very scary movie. Yeah. But so. I'll, just some other weird history facts with this movie. Um, I had a fourth grade math teacher who also was obsessed with this movie. And she and I got, we always would, I'd hang up after class because I was the lamest kid in the world. And talk about <laughs> Wait, Wizard of Oz I, with this math teacher. But I was best friends with my teachers too. So I totally feel you. Yeah, but we're, those were probably cooler teachers than math teachers. We're talking math teachers. Hey, my sister's a math teacher. Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my god, Kelly's listening to this and being like, I officially don't like Jacob. I'm sorry, Kelly. But, you know, when you think of people, when I think of the people I know growing up who are friends with teachers, it was like your choir teacher, your drama teacher, the ones who automatically have that weird relationship with children. That sounded awful. That, <laughs> wait, that weird, like, wait, arts I wanna... relationship. <laughs> that weird relationship with children. You know what I mean. You just accused all drama and choir teachers of something. That oh, is shit. not good. <laughs> So my math teacher, she collected, just moving on, she collected, like, Wizard of Oz memorabilia. Wait, and she, what? Yeah, and she gifted it some to some of it to me. What? So she gave me this antique book, um, like, children's book version of the Wizard of Oz, that had these little tiny, like, the four characters that you could, like, take out and, like, stick their little pin legs into the book, and they could, like, go around the little yellow brick road. Wow. And there was something else she gave me. I don't remember what it was. Um, I had a, uh, Dorothy Barbie when I was a kid. <laughs> Classic. Wow. Amazing. Um, yeah. It, oh, <laughs> and then the other funny thing that I, that I knew I had to tell you was, uh, so the very first thing I ever bought on Amazon mm-hmm. was my mother helped me buy a VHS of The Wizard of Oz when I was a child. Oh, wow. And back when Amazon was, I don't know, a little mom and pop shop. I don't remember how that started. <laughs> So we went to buy it, and it came, and I was so excited to watch it. I put it in our VHS player, and what played, but not the movie The Wizard of Oz. It was the concert, The Wizard of Oz, I think it was called Dream, The Dreams Come True Concert. And I think it, I'm almost positive it was a concert that raised money um, for, it wasn't Broadway's, Broadway Cares, but it was like um, some HIV AIDS uh, charity. And it had Jewel as Dorothy. It had Nathan Lane as the lion. Oh my god, classic. Uh, and I some other like weird other people I don't remember. And then Natalie Cole as Glinda. Oh. Um, it was the weird but so I <laughs> that's the that is the VHS we got. <laughs> wow. But I loved the Wizard of Oz when I was a kid. Yeah, so for me, I I also loved the Wizard of Oz as a kid. I watched it, we also had it on VHS. Mm-hmm. I, I remember putting it into the machine many times. Um, I remember my sister, <laughs> talking about my sister still, uh, I remember her be being mean to me, <laughs> telling me that I shouldn't try, because I used to love Somewhere Over the Rainbow, like oh, singing yeah. it all the time. Um, and I remember her teasing me saying that like I shouldn't try to I was trying to sound like Judy Garland and she was like you shouldn't try to sound like somebody else you should sound like yourself and like was just really mean to me about it hi Kelly you did that I'm reminding you Here, um, I'm gonna get on Kelly's good side and tell her that that's some great advice <laughs> 
no, it's not. Because, (laughs) no, because then I had a teacher eventually when I was older who was like, no, that's a great thing because then you learn proper technique because she had amazing singing technique. You learn horrible technique by imitating people. Not always. She was a genuine pro. Like, I think... Judy Garland, 100%. Yeah. Just uh, by mimicking someone, you could, like, take some horrible, horrible habits. No, but I, and I didn't mimic. I was just using the same, like, tall vowels and, like, placement. Like, I I literally was trying to physically make my voice sound like her, like, through technique. At, like, five. Who sound like Judy Garland? Exactly. Yeah. All of us, like, all of us want to be that good. And so, at, like, five years old, I was trying to, like, kind of sound like her. It's part of the reason I genuinely give this movie credit for some part of my like singing style when it comes mm. to doing like oldies like singing like the the classic pop songs from the 40s and 50s i yeah. give this movie a lot of credit for why i sound the way i do when i sing because like i sound like those singers from back then i love that um i give judy garland major kudos for like teaching me a lot about technique and yeah. so my sister that. used to tease me about that but i remember watching this movie a million times which as I don't understand why, because this movie is extremely scary. So I don't know why I put myself through that. I feel like, you know, what's funny is I feel like I would skip as soon as, no, no, I don't think I skipped, but I definitely distracted myself as soon as the tornado sequence starts. Mm. I definitely used to try to distract myself so that I wouldn't get scared. Yes. Like anytime the witch was on screen, I would try to do something else during that scene because she Mm. scared the living shit out of me. Um, But... Yeah, I watched this movie a million times as a kid. I have not watched this since um, middle school. I think it's been at least 10 years because I remember I used to have a teacher who was always really upset that, like, kids, some kids had, like, never seen this movie and thought that this was, like, an American classic and would make make us watch it in class. Every year he showed it to all his classes. What did he teach? This was my drama teacher. Oh, drama. Okay. So it kind of makes sense, you know? I was going to say, I hope this wasn't, like, your... I don't know what I don't know history teacher I, no, even yeah. then, I could see I can really see a reason why you might want to show this in class but that's not a, the best reason it's just oh you need to see this so we're going to show this oh yeah can you imagine like in math class just, a teacher just being like Let's you have to see the Wizard of Oz my fourth it's grade like math teacher would have done that I bet though oh your fourth grade math teacher definitely would have done that um, but yeah, he, he made like all of his classes watch it every single year. So I think that's the last time I watched this was when I was like 14. Um, and then I haven't revisited it since. And then of yeah. course watched it yesterday in prep for this and I have opinions. We'll get to it. <laughs> I, the, I was trying to remember the last time I would have watched this and the, the actual last time I watched this was probably 2018. Cause I was, when we did it. I was, when I was the associate conductor for a production here for it, I remember watching it once and that's why I have it in my iTunes because I bought it to watch it. Mm-hmm. But before that, I don't even, I don't even think I could give you a good guess of when the last time I watched this movie was. It was, I mean, if I wanted to guesstimate, I would probably say middle school, but that's, I can't think. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Long time ago. And this movie was very much a part of like my family dynamic. Like my mm. dad would do the skip, you know, with <laughs> yes, my sister yes. and I. <laughs> And we would do it, like, in the house. We would do it in parking lots. Like, we would do it, like, out of school. Like, we would do, like, that was, like, our thing. And then my dad has a really good impression of the lion. (laughs) And my dad's, like, a genuinely good singer. So, like, he can do the whole, like, hi, I'm the king of the forest. Like, he can, like, do all of that. That Like, really good. Um... So, yeah, we just, like, grew up with this a lot. And then, of course, Disney, we went to Disney many times during the year and loved Mm. Disney. And the Grey Movie Ride, which should still be there, and they replaced. And I 
they got I was mad they replaced that ride. I'll be bitter about that till I die. Like it's a good I, fucking ride. It was so good. Like I I actually really I think the Mickey Minnie ride is amazing and is I Is that what it is now? Yeah, it's based on like the new cartoon that Disney Channel had created. Um oh, that's stupid. And but it's a really good ride. Like the design is amazing. Like it looks gorgeous. It's okay. really fun. I'm I, saying this I'm, I haven't I don't even have any remote idea of what it looks like. Watch watch the the ride through. Like watch a, okay. like a ride through up it on YouTube. It's actually really great. I really want to go on it. I just wish they'd built it in a separate building. Like, I wish they hadn't removed Great Movie Ride to put this ride in. They could have put that ride in another building. Yeah. Um, But Great Movie Ride had a huge Wizard of Oz section where you would stop and you would be in the middle of Munchkinland. There would be a million Munchkinland animatronics. The witch would come out. The uh, person running the tram tour would, like, talk to the witch, just like the movie, quoting mm-hmm. Glinda. is this whole thing. You would have, like, three songs you would hear during that whole <laughs> sequence. And then as you, like, move out of that section, you see Dorothy and her friends seeing Emerald City in the distance being like, Emerald City, it's right there. We're almost there. And then, like, you would just keep going throughout the ride. Um so that was also a huge part of the ride because I remember my dad every single time would always do that. I'll get you, my pretty. Like he would always <laughs> have to say that along with it, and he still does that like for as a joke. Like that's one of yeah. his like shticks is when you do something that he's like annoyed by, or whatever. He'll just be like, "I'll get you, my pretty." Um, says I totally a lot about forgot my dad, about I guess. that ride. <laughs> oh, it's amazing! Like that was yeah I, things that were yeah, a huge I part remember... of my childhood. Yeah, we went to Disney. We went to Disney. Which one's in Florida? Disney World? Disney World. Disney World. We went to Disney World once when I was a kid. It was like we only went once when I was growing up. Because uh, it was, I mean, it was, I mean, it's not that far from Ohio, but it's farther than everywhere else we went. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember I made my parents take us on that ride because I really wanted to see that part of it. I love I'm that ride. I'm not making it up that there's a singing in the rain section to that too. There is. Yeah. That's what you, I thought. Okay. You see, yeah, you see um, him on the pole. Like, doing yeah, the, okay. Doing the number. So. There's a Mary Poppins section, which is great, where they mm. do Chim Chim Tree. Right. Um, they talk about all the Oscars that it won. Um, <laughs> They're just bragging at that point. <laughs> well, that's that's like the whole point of the ride is like the best, greatest American movies. So yeah. pretty much every, every movie that they cover is something that won major awards. Mm. Um, of course, all like in the Disney canon, you know? Um, but I really miss that ride. It makes me so sad that it's gone. I yeah. watch ride throughs of it like all the time just because I'm like, I need. I'm going to have to watch a ride through of that. I haven't, I totally forgot about that until you even mentioned it. Definitely revisit. It is, it yeah. is so worth like the 15 minutes. <laughs> oh God, I love that ride. Um, anywho, Wizard of Oz. So yeah, so that Wizard of Oz was just like every little thing was part of my life. But now mm-hmm. let's go ahead and move right into the stats. So 1939, picture it, um, World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I thought that was so funny. <laughs> because it's just like, because we're living in COVID times. So like in 20 years, when we're going to be like 2020, <laughs> picture it, COVID. <laughs> like we're all, we all know what World War Two looked like. So it was dark. It was bleak. America was uh, not a part of the war yet. Um... This is all I remember from history class. So, 1939. (laughs) Quickly moving on. (laughs) Quickly moving on. 1939, PG rated, uh, which makes sense because it's scary. Um, It was... Okay, this is what baffles me about this movie. So, it had five directors and 14 (laughs) writers attached to this movie. How it ever got made, like how it was ever finished is... I don't know. Like, I don't know how that's possible. (laughs) But, um... 
But most of the directing credit goes to Victor Fleming, who I guess mm. was the director who survived the process. Um, I mean, none of them died during the process. No, none of them died. <laughs> Although I do think an actor died. Um, I, oh, wait, shoot. I was supposed to look this up before we record. Hold on. I'm going to pause no. the recording. Who, which recording? So you know the actor I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, Buddy Epson. 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 Oh, yeah, okay. With a B. I don't know. And I he, can't. he didn't die. No. He, um, he got, I, I'm almost positive it was aluminum poisoning from the makeup from yeah. when they first started. Because he actually, you can still hear his voice on the recordings of all the We're Off to See the Wizard sections. Oh, weird. Yeah, because actually he had, a, if you listen to the, like I was listening to the soundtrack a bit today on the drive to work, just getting ready for tonight. Mm -hmm. And when you listen to those, you can hear someone very clearly with a very like Boston accent and he doesn't sing any of the R's and like wizard. <laughs> and so you can hear him do that. And obviously, um, oh, what's his name? The guy who... Who actually played the role? Yeah. Jack Haley. Thank oh my gosh, yeah, thank you. Uh and he obviously doesn't. Yeah. Um, so it's so funny. Interesting. Yeah. I always I don't know why I think I'd gotten into my head that I thought he had actually died. Um I think that like I remember seeing like uh when I was also doing some research, there was some like myths and I think there was a myth going around that he did die from it. There's but... so many myths about this movie. Like so many and there were some genuine yeah. accidents that happened. I was reading yeah. about how the monkeys, a lot of them got very injured during the sequence where they pick up, pick all of them up, like pick oh, I didn't her read up. And that. yeah, I saw that um, a bunch of them got injured because their wires weren't very strong and they snapped and they fell <gasps> many feet to the ground. Oh shit. Yeah. So like a lot of them got hurt. So like apparently, yeah, this, this movie was like ripe with problems, um, which is probably part of the reason it took. And you know, what's funny is it still got made in a year. So, like, I find it interesting how just, like, they went through so many writers, they went through so much hell, but it still was made in a year. That I'm like, interesting. That's um, not a, very much time at all. Yeah, especially back then, you know? Mm -mm. So I'm like, interesting. Um, but yeah, it was written, um, the writers, the main writers who get credit are <laughs> yeah. uh, Noel Langley, uh, Florence Ryerson, and Edgar Allan Wolfe. And then, mm -hmm. of course, the book that started it all by L. Frank Baum. And then the cast, uh, Judy Garland, Frank Morgan, Ray Bolger, Burt Lahr, Jack Haley, Billy Burke as Glinda, Margaret Hamilton as the Wicked Witch of the West, and Terry as Toto. The best dog ever. The, that's weird. I just, well, since I fell asleep watching the movie last night, I just was rewatching <laughs> the ending of it. And the credit Toto is playing Toto at the end of it. Yeah, apparently I think that was originally, I think back then maybe that, like they used that as like his stage name, you know, but apparently oh, okay. then I think his real name was Terry, but I think Toto became like his stage name. Okay. Because that this made him like the most famous dog, which apparently Judy Garland tried to adopt Terry at the end of the process tried to adopt the dog at the end of the process but the owner wouldn't let him go and um kept him until um he died like 13 years later or something he was a very good show dog that's a long time yeah apparently worked on like a shit ton of movies after uh -huh. this because good. did such a good job um let's go ahead and move into the superlatives mm -mm, uh so mm -mm. we so a lot of these you forgot, I... you f I'm so sorry but you forgot uh Harold Arlen for the music and uh oh my Harvard. god i did forgot to mention the music um go my ahead first introduction to yip harburg is a lyricist he also i uncredited uncredited but wrote uh, quite a bit of the script at least the lead in stuff to the songs but um he's one of my favorite lyricists from that era yip harburg mm -hmm. well I think yeah his stuff on this movie is fantastic oh it's amazing i mean like i make a joke about that later of just like they use the same melody 
<laughs> for like every song like five times but yeah. the lyrics are always great they're always fresh they are and i do love harold arlen not all of my favorite not my favorite work in this movie but he is also one of my favorite composers yeah i mean these are all classics for a reason like they're classics even if yes. the, some of the songs are annoying as fuck like <laughs> you can say that they're catchy quote unquote uh <laughs> wait you can't say that they're they... you can say that they're catchy even if they're annoying. Okay, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. And yes, I agree, I agree, I agree. Because I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to trash this movie. No, I'm not going to totally <laughs> trash it. I, I just... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my god, that was great! Woo! <laughs> I just, you came right out with that one. Because, <laughs> like, I was debating whether to say that as soon as we started recording, or if I should, like, save it, and so now I did. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yep, she's gonna trash the movie. Here, let's let's get into this hate fest. Well, when we get to like, I don't know when we'll get. Maybe at the end, I'll find a time that's appropriate to give my strong opinions. <laughs> well, I'm sure it'll come up naturally. Oh yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about something happier than my negative opinions. Sure. Um, let's go into this relative. So we start with best dynamic duo, um, yes. which was I felt kind of hard to answer because like. There aren't a lot of pairings in this. It's a very group activity-esque movie. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So, like, I only have a couple of nominations. I have um, Dorothy and Toto. Me, that was my first, yeah. without the two of them, the movie wouldn't happen. True. And and then just, like, the three friends. The, the lion, the scarecrow, and the tin man. Just, yeah. like, all together create, like, this merry man of brothers. Merry... Merry man? Merry... Merry... <laughs> Mary Brotherhood? What am you I trying so to say? You so chaotic tonight. I love this. <laughs> I'm not even drunk. Like, uh, that's what's making me sad is I <laughs> wanted to have a drink before recording. And then I was like, no, Lauren, you're just going to get sloppy. And then here we fucking are. <laughs> we, you should have just done it. <laughs> I should have just done it. Now I regret it. Maybe it would have made me more on point. Maybe I would have been more focused. You would have just ranted about this movie the whole time. <laughs> so maybe it's a better idea you did. I would have never given you a word in edgewise. Like, literally not at all. Just Make been my like, job easier. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but those are the only two nominations I have. Do you uh, have any of your own nominations? I said the Dorothy and the and the Dorothy and Toto was my first, but then I said Dorothy and the and the Scare. Why can't I not talk? Dorothy and the Scarecrow. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I couldn't think of anyone else to put. Yeah, I think Dorothy and Toto should just get it because like without them the movie wouldn't happen. I mean, exactly, they're that's the catalyst the, for everything. Exactly, the catalyst. I think yeah. that that's yes. Yay, we did it. Okay, that was such a hard question though. <laughs> best dynamic do well in a fact, lot of these are kind of hard they are in fact a lot of today i was like thinking through these during rehearsal i had what i was like in between playing songs at rehearsal i had my little ipad up and was getting the my superlatives ready and for half of them i'm like i'm just really ready to hear what lauren's gonna say <laughs> <laughs> well here we are <laughs> i've been um, waiting all day uh let's see now class clown okay so class clown i have two i kind of have like a runner-up and then a winner clear okay. winner for me and this is like a biased one of like who i've responded to so sure. my runner-up is scarecrow um mm -hmm. because ray bulger is a genius yes, and yes. he has like the physical comedy the like speaking comedy like he just nails it but then for me the person who literally like the Scarecrow, I was just kind of, like, chuckling. But, like, the person who literally made me laugh out loud, physically, like, ha, ah, was the lion. <laughs> was Bert Lar. Yeah. Like, genius. Like, I I had to list him even in, like, Most Iconic. Like, his entire yes. portrayal of the lion 
is so iconic also made me miss my dad so much mm. because I never realized to watching it this time how much my dad does these little bits. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I miss my parents. Aww. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I love oh, the lion. It's amazing. Uh, what about you? No shit. I had the exact same thing. Hey! Woo! <laughs> yeah. Uh, the scare. I think that just, like, the physical comedy is just peak. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. And, in fact, my f- one of my favorite things is actually the deleted dance break from If I Only Had a Brain that he does. Mm-hmm. And it is... Just the physical comedy he brings to the choreography, it's just like bar none. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, but it, it kind of following exactly what you said, the lion, I just, he makes me crack up laughing. <laughs> yeah. And he's so, like, you really, he has probably one of the greatest journeys in terms of the characters mm. from beginning yes. to end, which I think is probably part of, like, Bert Lars' fame, I feel like, is why mm. he has more of a journey than the other characters, because I think they were trying to kind of live up to the casting. That makes sense. Yeah, he's a genius in this movie. I was like, it was honestly, that was the highlight of the movie for me, was him. I was like, this his performance was what was getting me through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there had to be something to get you through it. Kind of, yeah. I actually was, yes, I was drinking while I was doing my notes, which doesn't help. Nah. But also, I was just getting so distracted. Like, every 10 minutes, I was trying to find something else to do while watching the movie. Oh, you really hated watching this, didn't you? I really did. And I... Oh, my God. And I don't know why. I think I'll get into it. Maybe I'll just do... I think... Okay, I'm going to decide. I'm going to do my rant about it when I get to spicy hot takes. That seems like a good place for it. Yeah, because I have some spicy hot takes to mention. And then I'm also just like, that'll be my rant time to try to figure out. Because I also was kind of perplexed of why I was having a hard time getting through it. Okay. And so I talked it out with Keith last night. I think I figured out a way. So we'll do it. (laughs) oh my god <laughs> this, i mean I, I feel like i'd be like mentally prepared for this it's really not that bad it's it's i honestly We're really building this up i know everybody at home is probably like throwing their phone like just say it already but let's no. not spoil everything because also if i trash the movie now and piss everybody off they're just gonna stop listening True. so they're gonna have to wait ha <laughs> okay uh let's move into the literal worst um so i have a few nominations for this Okay, okay. Uh, I only have two, so I'll let you go first. Oh, okay. Well, I, I only have three, so we'll probably have the oh. same ones. Okay. Well, so, I don't think we will. Oh, really? I have one that's going to come right out of right oh, you. I want field. you to start this this one. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, honestly, I had a lot of hard... I, lot, <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> I had a lot of hard thinking this one in, mm-hmm. um, as one might say. Uh <laughs> No one would say that. I didn't. I honestly don't know. I would love to say the witch, but I also don't think she's literal worse because I really enjoyed watching Margaret Hamilton. Oh, she's a genius. Like she's absolutely so good. Yeah. So then I was thinking, and I'm, I I really don't like the flying monkeys. They were probably the most terrifying part of the movie. So I'm gonna say them. Okay. They I think are my literal worst. But then also those munchkins who live in the bird nest. Like why? Uh-huh. that is like, i don't like them <laughs> what the ones that live in the bird nest wow okay well shout out to get them it. i don't get it i don't like it <laughs> it's concerning <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know okay mine mine are way more traditional than those even though oh. i i i totally support your monkeys one they should they are definitely an honorable mention i didn't even 
mention them, but, like, that is that is so true. That's probably the scariest part of the movie, even more so than The Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah, I would say. Uh, my first one is Honorable Mention, uh, which is um, Glinda. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, no. I Yep, I know where you're going to go with this. I She's such a bitch. Like... <laughs> I'm just laughing at hearing you react to this comment. <laughs> oh, no, stop snorting. Another snort. This is the best episode of PDRT ever. It's because I'm trying to keep my volume down so it doesn't overwhelm my microphone. See, see, what I do is I lean away from the mic and, like, laugh into a, the corner of my closet so that I can try to suppress the noise. I have a whole system down because I laugh a lot. Um, but yes, Glinda is a fucking bitch. Um, yeah. She, <laughs> so many strikes against her. One, when she uh, flies in, you know, she uh, shames other women by saying only ugly, uh, only um, ugly people are bad witches. Yeah, like, only, only, bad only the ugly, yeah. only, yeah, only, um, the bad ones are ugly. That's what she says. Yeah. And that's just, like, shaming her fellow woman, which is not okay. feminism, and, and she's a bitch. And then, two, she's just, like, she's such a, like, Captain Obvious kind of person, and that, like, when the Wicked Witch of the West shows up and Dorothy's terrified and... Uh, Glinda's hiding behind yes. Dorothy instead of shielding her. Her quote, I have it written down, and I quote, she she says, um, she's worse than the other one. And it's like, well, that's helpful, bitch. Like, that's so fucking helpful to tell Dorothy, who's in a strange land, very scared, just wants to go home, that, oh, she's worse than the other one. That's helpful. And then, two, she puts on the one thing that the Wicked Witch of the West wants that, like, probably, like, is warranted. I mean, it's her sister who was just murdered. She's yeah. allowed to have her shoes. Um, Glinda helps Dorothy get them and then says, like, oh, you can't have them. It's like, what the fuck? Like, it is, this is not finders keepers, bitch. Like, that's not how this works. And then to top it all off, she just leaves in her fucking bubble. She just up and leaves Dorothy behind in this strange <laughs> land without going with her. Like, this woman is supposedly, like, all-powerful. Well, at least that's what I assume. And she's, like, powerful. She's powers just like the she's Wicked powerful. Witch of the West. She's powerful. She flies by fucking bubble. She's powerful. She wears a fucking crown. And yet she makes yeah. this poor girl go through these this scary path through these woods to the Emerald City to ask for a man's help. Like, bitch. And then, to top it all off, to make her really just, like, home run with being an awful person. Yeah. She tells Dorothy, at the end of her trials and tribulations, that the solution to her going home was with her the whole time on her fucking feet. <laughs> and I, I actually, uh, when I was watching the ending... Uh, like two hours before we started taping the, we you don't tape things anymore. Before we started recording this, uh, I that struck me because she was like the scarecrow even says, "Well, why didn't you tell her?" And she's like, "She wouldn't have believed me." I'm like, "That's not for you to say." Exactly. She is a awful. 
awful person. I love this interpretation. Oh, thank you. I never realized how awful she was until watching it this time. And I was like, she's horrible. Like, I kind of really like that Wicked, the musical, goes in the direction of Glinda being very airheaded and, like, mm. kind of annoying. Because I was like, oh, it's true. Like, she's <laughs> awful. Um, So that's my honorable mention. My runner-up is Miss Gulch. Sure. For obvious reasons. Yes. She... She says she's going to destroy the dog. <laughs> like, how traumatic is that to tell a child, I'm going to take your dog and have it destroyed. Like, and she has no regret about it. She's None just like, all. no, she's little girl, you're just going to have to live with the fact that I'm going to destroy your dog. Like, what does destroy even mean? That is just, like, way too extreme, even for 1939. Like, it's... what the fuck? Yeah. Um. So, like, she's a bitch. And then also, <laughs> I'm just going to point it out now. What happens to her? They never, like, when the tornado comes, like, the twister really does I happen. Think... And they never show what happens to her. I think she dies. See, I went there, too. I was like, are they trying to insinuate that she got what she deserved and, like, dies just like the witch in her dream? Like, that's fucked. Like, yeah, sure, she's horrible. And that solves Dorothy's problem, technically, of having her Woo-hoo. dog taken away. Happy ending. But I'm like, but she also owns all almost all of the town so like what's gonna happen to the little town if the person the sole owner of the town dies like does everybody get their land back is it sold to a bank like i want to know about these personal these personal lives of these yeah i guess i don't know how that kansas town really functions i don't know but but yeah they just I, never explain what happens to her which i find yeah. a little concerning i'm like she's like a huge part of the plot like yeah, especially since every other person shows up in the last scene exactly so i find it funny that like they didn't want to give her a redemption moment where she comes back to check like to hear like just, like she comes back and just takes the dog <laughs> well not that she takes the dog but that she like is she maybe also checks on dorothy and maybe she has a, like a redeeming moment where she's like i'm sorry i was being so cruel like she's not but she doesn't deserve that oh no not at all i just like i feel like more movies did that back then try to give like redemption moments Mm. i feel like or maybe i'm maybe i'm making that up i feel like i watch a lot of old movies and i feel like most of the time there usually is some kind of redemption for i yeah i don't so i will definitely default to your you and i i believe that maybe i'm just like being too much of an optimist oh um or you're just trying to find more things to complain about with the movie (laughs) yeah sure that's true (laughs) um so i give it to her and then the number one i give the most obvious answer of the wicked witch of the west sure just because she's so fucking terrifying she's so terrifying they had to cut most of her scenes from the movie because she scared children too much they did a test screening and kids were so afraid of her they ended up cutting like the like 90 percent of her scenes Justice for Margaret Hamilton she deserves well you know you do know that she had to go on Mr. Rogers neighborhood and like yes teach kids like not to be afraid of her right oh who hasn't seen that clip i love that. it's so cute she's it's so really adorable. cute it's really cute and she's amazing and like you can almost tell in her performance that she's secretly a good person oh yeah like part of me was watching and i was like you can kind of tell that like she's probably the sweetest little lady well she's not that old when she filmed it but like no. she's so sweet probably in real life um god bless that woman she did an amazing job um she but did. those are my literal worsts um honestly i kind of want to put glinda at the top of the list now that i just explained why i hate her i kind of didn't give myself permission to hate her because i feel like i don't know i and kind of what we talked about a bit before we started t- taping it's just the nostalgia around this movie so i feel like it was really hard for me to really form an opinion when i watched this last night mm-hmm. uh just because of the nostalgia 
So now that you've given me permission to hate on Glinda, I I would happily vote for her. Yay! Okay, it goes to Glinda. Congratulations, bitch. Fuck right. you. <laughs> okay, now we move on to where are they now, which I literally wrote, where are they now? And then next to it, I wrote redundant because this movie is so yes. old. It's a kind of a pointless category for this movie, which now duly noted for if I ever do older movies again. It's kind of redundant mm. to do this category. <laughs> um, I did mention... Uh, Margaret H. and Judy Garland, just because Margaret H. for her Mr. Rogers appearance, which we just mentioned. Yes. And then uh, Judy Garland for just, like, her tragic ending of her oh, life no. and, like, how off the rails it went. Um, but then I also, for Most Likely to Succeed, I wrote Judy Garland because, duh. Like, I do. I, like, I really hope she did some other stuff because she's, like, really good in this movie. Margaret Hamilton? No, Judy Garland. Oh, my God. You're being sarcastic, aren't you? No. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you scared me for like five. I know. Oh my god, no. I love her. My other one of my favorite uh like CDs as a kid was also her uh uh Carnegie Hall concert. <gasps> oh my god. I've been obsessed with that recording for as long as I've remembered. It's amazing. It's I think I have it on vinyl. Me too. Yeah. She's I, I have like a, a lot of I actually have a lot of vinyl records of hers because she's mm. just she's Judy Garland. She's a genius. Uh, yeah. Um she is also another reason why I was able to get through this movie. Because, like, she's yes. so good in it. Most of, like, half of my first page of notes would I, that I wrote in, like, within the first ten minutes of the movie, half of the notes are just about how much I love Judy Garland. Because every time she does, like, a little <laughs> tiny thing, I was like, she's a genius. She's amazing. Yeah. And this was her breakout. Like, I mean, she'd yeah. already done vaudeville for a while before this. So, like, she had experience in performing. But watching her do this and how masterfully she does this... I'm just awed by her. She's she's the fucking best. And what happened to her, her, like, her life going crazy? And this movie is what started her demise. I know. Well, I was going to say, the amount, like, the performance she was able to give in this movie, in spite of how they were treating her on set and, set and what they made her do. Yeah. I All mean, the drugs they put her me. on. It's yeah. like, yeah, for those of you who don't know, like, they gave her diet pills for this movie. Um, and then because diet pills were just basically like pure cocaine, practically, <laughs> they had to give her sleeping pills to be able to go to bed at night after filming. And so she was already, so she got addicted to drugs at like 16 years old. And then on top of it, I mean, they also, I don't think it was on the set of this movie, but like it was the beginning of people's, uh, not fascination, but weird, um, obsession obsession with, thank you with, with celebrities whoa yeah yeah yeah, well, yeah, yeah. and there's even i was watching an interview um on the vhs that i ended up finding <laughs> when i was a kid <laughs> of this movie there's a special afterwards that had angela lansbury narrating Ooh. and it was about the making of the wizard of oz and there's i forget which one of the three it was part of me thinks it was ray bulger but it might have been bert lar but they even they even in describing judy garland they described her as quote pudgy not conventionally attractive but cute or something to that extent, but which definitely is, use the word pudgy and not attractive. Which is so and weird because like, she's one of you. like the prettiest actresses from that time period. Yeah. Like she glows from within and it's yes. so weird. I feel like, but that's just like Hollywood has always been horrible to women. And oh. I feel like especially back then it was even worse. It's almost, yeah. I think worse then than it is now. I've oh, actually, yeah. this is like on a personal note, this is totally unrelated to the movie, but I've actually started to realize, um, I follow, like, a lot of, like, I, my favorite magazine is In Style, and mm. I follow their Instagram page, and they post a lot of things about celebrities, of course. Yeah. And I have watched, so I've watched and, like, read some articles about celebrities and, like, tabloid bullshit, and I've started to notice that there are some 
women actresses, I'm, I'm starting to acknowledge my own, um, misogyny and my own like anti-feminism, um, critiques of women that I'm trying to like work on, like breaking down a little bit. And I started to notice that I was being really harsh about women who I didn't, uh, who I thought weren't like quote unquote, trying hard enough on their looks if they Mm. were in Hollywood. And I would think that thought and then be like, wow, Lauren, that was really misogynistic. That was rough. Why did you do that? Like, don't do that. And I've started to realize, I think part of the reason I'm thinking those things is because so many women in Hollywood have to have work done or like the society tells them they have to have work done. Right. That when you see a woman being non-conforming and like actively choosing not to have work done and to be natural and age naturally... When I'm seeing them aging naturally, I'm judging them for that. Because mm. I'm like, why don't you look as pretty as the other actresses your age or whatever? And I'm yeah. like, ooh, like, what the fuck? Like, what is that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I read a great thing once about this. I think it was, this sounds, makes me sound so airheaded. But I think it was like a Pinterest picture <laughs> of this girl who wrote, like, uh, my her mom had taught her that when she has a bad thought about another person, the bad thought not isn't necessarily what her real opinion is. It's what society has taught her to think. Mm, yeah. Um, And it's what she does with that first thought that is who she actually is. Like, how does she respond mm. to that thought? Does she tell okay. herself that it was wrong and don't, don't do it again? Or, like, don't think that that's your place to comment right. on other people's lives like that? Or do you think about the thought, acknowledge it, and agree with it? Yeah. Like, what is your next step? And that's really who your true character is. And I try to remind myself that a lot. Because I'm like, we're all conditioned in some way or another to think certain things about women, about men, about people of color, about um, people of different, like, gender identities. Like, we're all, like, taught these things. And, uh, yeah, you just have to teach yourself not to think those things. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, I don't know how I snuck that into an episode on Wizard of Oz, but I guess I just did. Um, something I've been thinking about a lot lately, I guess. Yeah. Uh, did you have anybody else to add for, like, where they now are most likely to succeed? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I mean, I, looking at the list of names, I'm like, I guess I don't really know what Billy Burke did after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think she was more of a, um, stage slash silent movie actress. Silent movie, yeah. Yeah, um, so. Yeah. Yeah. I so, it's so, okay. You know. <laughs> Those those were the two hardest categories. Well, truly hardest in that uh, where they now had like zero, no answer. And then most likely to succeed was just Judy. So like, it's like what well, we know. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're still making movies about her and people are still winning awards for portraying yeah. her. So like, oh, all right. Now we move on to most iconic, uh, yeah. which, wow, this movie is like what it, probably actually I think this movie is the longest, most iconic list I've ever written. Um, my, this was shocking. Mine is the shortest. Not that I've only done... This is my only, my third episode. But this is the shortest iconic list I've had. Oh, you want to go first? Yeah, I just wrote every fucking thing. Because... <laughs> Wait, is that all you wrote? Yeah. <laughs> this movie this movie is just iconic. I mean, it's ingrained in the American conscience, you know? I mean, you think like Ruby Slippers, Yellow Brick Road, Emerald City, Judy Garland. Like, these are all household name things that, I mean, are just instantly recognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I did make a tinier list that were, like, the Ruby Slippers and the Emerald City and stuff. Because, yep. I mean, to me, too, I remember being obsessed with the Ruby Slippers when I was a kid. Like, when we went to Washington, D.C. on vacation a couple times, I had to go to Smithsonian and see the, the pair that they had there. Oh, I've always wanted... Wait, that's another Wizard of Oz thing I forgot to mention. My mom gave me a pin of the Ruby Slippers, like, a few years ago. Mm. Um. So, yeah, Wizard of Oz, very much in my life. On but, my um, oh, Christmas I've always tree, wanted to see them in person. They are, they're beautiful. I mean, they're aged and 
look nasty, but they're really pretty. <laughs> <laughs> on my Christmas tree right next to me, I have a little ornament of the ruby slippers. Aww. I think, I think the girl who played Dorothy gave it to everyone as a gift, I think. But I was hanging on the top of my tree instead of like a star or an angel. <laughs> I think that's cute. That's yeah. really cute. And yes, it is mid-February and I have my Christmas tree. <laughs> okay, so for my most iconic. Yes. Um, I... I have, like I said, it's the longest list I think I've written. Um, the first thing I'm going to mention, I have to pull up a picture to read it correctly. My dad okay. gave me a t-shirt once that was inspired by uh, this movie. That mm. was like a sarcastic joke t-shirt. And it said on it, I identify with Dorothy. I seem to only attract men who are cowards, have no heart, or are in need of a brain. <laughs> My dad gave that to me. And I loved that t-shirt. I wore it as a nightshirt to sleep in. I loved that t-shirt. It was fucking funny as shit. I also had had, at that point, exes that all fit those criterias. So it was... Haven't we all? Huh? Haven't, haven't we all? We exactly. All. <laughs> so it was great. And I, I'm not even kidding. I think my ex who... I think we were dating at the time when my dad gave it to me. Or maybe he gave it to me right before we started dating. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure, I'm 99.9% sure, my ex stole that t-shirt from me to throw it away. Because he hated that I owned it. Oh my god. He was really offended by it, because he was like, well, which one am I? And I was uh, like, and I, I think on. I teased him once, because he kept doing that. He kept being like, which one am I? Like, why do you like it? I think I finally told him, I was like, do you really want me to answer that question? <laughs> and I'm, and all of a sudden, one day it disappeared. I remembered, like, trying to look for it to sleep in, and I couldn't find oh. it. My mom couldn't find it in the laundry, and I'm 99.9% .9 sure my, my ex stole it from me to throw it away. Oh, he has some problems. Oh, he had many problems, but that was one of them. Um, But I loved that fucking shirt. I'm so glad I found a picture of it online. I, like, literally looked up. I was like, Dorothy, sarcastic t-shirt, and it was <laughs> the first thing that came up, and I was like, yes, that's it. I, like, want to buy you one of these shirts now. <laughs> if you can find it. I couldn't even find a link. It was just, like, a Pinterest photo. <laughs> um, but it is fucking hilarious. Um, I love that shirt. So that was a shirt my dad gave me. Hey, shout out to my dad. Um, what else? I mentioned earlier, baby's first horror movie. This is like yeah. the first scary movie that I think most of us watched. Um, Toto is just like the best dog. Like I was obsessed with wanting a dog as a kid and Toto was yeah. definitely like a goal. Um, the song. That's how I phrased it. The song. Like, wait, wait, oh. can I guess? Yeah, of oh, course. Oh, the song. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, which one? Over the Rainbow. Yeah, duh. Yeah, it's like I sang that literally maybe every day for like five years. Like, that's yeah. the song. Um, for some reason, this this segment really made me like laugh, but also felt really nostalgic when they're going mm. during, um, when Ray Bulger's like, it's a twister, it's a twister. And then <laughs> and Annie M is just like, Dorothy! She like Dorothy! goes like, full on like pig call. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, and for some reason that made me super nostalgic and I really liked that part. So yes. I, I listed that one. Um, the color reveal when she opens the door and oh, the whole world is color. It is genius. Like whoever uh, came up with that idea, I hope like died a happy person. Like, yeah. cause they earned that shit, you know? Um, and it's one of those, I know we, people always talk about seeing or hear like seeing something with fresh eyes or hearing something with fresh ears i think that's a moment i would love to see with the eyes of someone like in 1939 <gasps> where technicolor yes. is a very new thing and a lot of movies were so being made in black and white and then to have an entire first sequence in that like sepia tone and then to suddenly go into that 
I would love to see what that would have been. That's so true. That is so true. That would have been so trippy as fuck. Oh my god. Because I feel like we we had such a a lesser blow of it because I mean mm-hmm. we, you know everything's in color and when we were growing up everything's in color. Well now I feel like some shows are like starting to figure out how to make that interesting again like Mm. euphoria is like a perfect example euphoria i think has like reinvented color and pattern and like watching that show is is like watching wizard of oz to me in terms of the revelation of it yeah um the munchkins of course because like it's like munchkins and oompa loompas are just like tied in terms of like little people representation which also is fucking terrible can we all just like address that for just like five seconds just think about how fucked up it is that, like, little people's representation is only, like, uh, any Snow White interpretation. Mm-hmm. Munchkins, Oompa Loompas, and then the one actor on Game of Thrones. And then a couple of reality TV shows. Yeah. Let's just, like, think about that for a second. I mean, I can't... And in the movie, I mean, uncredited. I mean, there's no yeah. credits. And they call them the fucking... Oh, the, my God. It? The, the, the oh. singer midgets is yeah, how they're referred I saw to at the that. end. Oh, my God. Come on. Yeah. So, that's just, like... So I'm mentioning them as most iconic because it's, like, one of the most fucked things in the movie. True. Um, the skip, like I mentioned. The skip, yeah. Yep. Um, I wrote this kind of as a joke, but also, like, kind of true. I feel like Tin Man is, like, kind of a gay icon. You mentioned that yesterday, and I've been waiting all day to hear <laughs> your thoughts on this. Well, it's just, like, one, the fact that he chose a falsetto voice. Like, he partic- he apparently, I saw this as, like, one of the fun facts of the movie on Amazon Prime. He apparently picked that falsetto voice because that's how he would read stories to his young son. Mm. Like, night, like, bedtime stories. Yeah. And uh, the fact that he's, like, pure silver. It, like, looks like such, like... It looks like something, like, a drag queen would wear on RuPaul's, like, next week, you know? <laughs> like, it's... Uh, the way he dances, the way he sings. Like, he has, like, the nicest singing voice out of the three of them. Yeah. And, I don't know, there's just something about his showmanship, his role. Uh, mm. Yeah. Also, it's funny, because uh, my other, like, joke dynamic duo that I didn't say was since I paired the Scarecrow and Dorothy together, I'm like, obviously, I think the Tin Man and the Lion are together. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would have been a great extra element to this. Right? (laughs) Yeah. He's definitely, like, there has to be a gay best friend out of the three of them. So he's, yeah. It's him. He has his, obviously, his own personal autonomy. Duh. But, like, yeah. In the context of this movie, he's definitely the GBF. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) I just love how you went, duh. (laughs) It's my valley girl coming out. (laughs) <laughs> so from the other side of the country yeah but... you're florida valley girl yep so tin man gay icon done uh love then that. also i love the noive like the way <laughs> again little things that the lion does that i'm like you're genius like but specifically the way he says it because i think my dad still says it that way like he says yeah. like the noive and the so noive. it's genius <laughs> also the way he says courage courage <laughs> what's <laughs> Courage. Courage. Yes, I love it. <laughs> the way he says it is genius. The um, vibrato. That's I'll add that to oh, my iconic list too. Oh yes. Oh my god. Yes, the vibrato. I, I <gasps> Wait, that was so good. Oh my god, that was really good. I can't Thanks. do that. I went that to was school great. for singing. <laughs> <laughs> this is when I learned to sing by imitating the lion from the Wizard of Oz. The podcast is when I get to use my degree for like five seconds. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm um, for the exposure, honey. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 
That's the episode title. <laughs> yes. Oh, I didn't even think of it. I usually like I come up with like a good like oh this could be my pull quote for the uh for the episode title and this time I didn't even do that. There you go. That's it. No, that's going to be on a fucking t-shirt. Are you kidding me? Yes, merch. Oh, that's funny. And oh, and there's merch coming. Oh. <gasps> Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, I'll have yes. either already done the giveaway or it will be happening with this episode. I guess I'll probably do it with this episode. But Oh, Keith, you have to. Keith had specialty stickers made for me. <gasps> That of the podcast logo that I yeah. will be sending to you because you came on the podcast and I'll be yeah. sending it to everybody who came on the show so far. Plus, I'll be doing a giveaway of if you write a uh, Apple podcast review, if you subscribe, mm-hmm. rate and review and then just send me a DM on the Instagram account. Uh, I will send you a there will be a limited number of them, but I'll send you a sticker because I love my fans. I'm going to um, write a review talking about how much I love this episode. <laughs> write about yourself i that love jacob, jacob guy? he's so cool <laughs> i just did that way the way i said that was so people can visualize it at home i also did it with my cat paw <laughs> like, <laughs> like typing on my computer i thought you were trying to do an impersonation of me i was like is that what i sound like no i was trying to do the cat meme where like people just furiously yes. type on a keyboard i do that when i'm like this so funny like that's how i i do my cap i even put my thumbs like inside my hand to make it look like a cat paw <laughs> oh this episode is like too visual i'm gonna have to make videos of all of these things so that people can understand what i'm doing yeah. um okay most iconic two other things um yes. also okay this is like a weird thing but this is just like it's one of my most iconic so when the lion leaps through the window when he like literally jumps through that window <laughs> to run away yeah for some reason as a kid i just always really related to that because i was a very anxious kid i was a very mm. scared kid and so like when he does that it's a very therapeutic moment <laughs> for me watching the movie because yeah. i'm like i wish i could do that every goddamn day of my life Amen. A- and so watching him do it especially this time as an adult i was like i just realized i've had a secret desire my entire life to jump through a window i i <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know how I want that to happen. But I've yeah. always wanted to jump through a window just like him. And I and love that for you. He just made that goal for me. You know why this seared into my brain? Why? Every time this was shown on TV, there's a commercial break right there. And so they'd always show it twice. <gasps> Wait, that's so true. They'd that's always show so him true. run down the hallway, jump out the window, cut to commercial. Then you'd come back from a commercial and it'd be him jumping out the window again. <laughs> You're so right. Maybe that's why it's sticking in my head so much. I think I watch this on TV just as much as I watch this Honestly, on VHS. I feel like I watched this more on television than I did because mm-hmm. I had the Dreams Come True concert. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to send you. I found a copy of it, like <gasps> a digital copy. I'm going to send it to you. My favorite thing is Nathan Lane. He goes, if I... We're king of the forest, not king, not duke, not prince, nor the artist formerly known as prince. Oh, what? <laughs> it is so 90s. It is. That is so 90s. Oh, God. There's so many, and there's so many weird rearrangements of the music to be rock. Uh, this one really cool gospel arrangement of, um, he had a blank. Of uh, what? If I only had a blank, because they sound oh, like no. every verse. 
Oh. No, yeah. it's actually really good. I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. No, when you... I, I thought of a... I, I have a filthy mind. I thought of a dirty euphemism for if I only had a blank. I thought they tisk, did. Tisk, tisk, Lauren. Well, well, we'll include the, the, <laughs> the voice memo I sent you while watching this about penises, so... <laughs> you said you were going to mention that. No, I will. I'm going to include... When we get to I have some notes, I'm going to just slip those in. For fun. I love it. Okay. Uh, because I think people will enjoy hearing me drunkenly talk about this movie. I, the, I think you need to. The last most iconic shit. Yes, I need yes, to get yes, through yes, my yes, own yes. fucking category. Um, so the, fucking long. The last... I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> the last most iconic is the chant that the soldiers do. Because at home, oh. in my household, we said we thought it was Oreo. So we go... Everybody go, thinks it's Oreo. 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 And it always made me hungry as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we learned how to sing a fifth in choir class. Oh, I remember oh, those days. Oh. <laughs> I love uh, yes. that sounded just yeah, that that I did was... in fact get a degree from that... Eastman in singing. <laughs> that sounded like a high school choir, like perfect. Like that's exactly what they sound like at nine AM oh. trying to practice their scales. Oh honey, I'm teaching a high school musical right now. Oh no. Or directing one. I want to kill them. I love that you said high school musical immediately. I was just like, high school musical. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, best dressed. Woo. All right, I have honorable mention and an actual winner. So honorable mention is Glinda because that dress is fucking awesome. And then <laughs> uh, winner, clear winner, obviously Dorothy. I yeah. mean, probably one of the most iconic costumes in cinema history. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, ob- Dorothy, number one. It's super iconic, and also it's just adorable. Yep. My second one, though, this is... I'm not even going to say this is an honorable mention, because I wouldn't even give it that kind of weight. (laughs) But I love the design on the Flying Monkeys jackets. (laughs) The Flying Monkeys are, like, decked out. They are stylish. Which is weird, because I'm like, they're Flying Monkeys. Do they need to wear costumes? But I guess that was the studio's way of making them look, like soldiers i guess that and also i maybe the it probably would have looked really stupid if they were just little monkeys <laughs> i feel like it would have been harder well i feel like it probably would make them scarier without a costume it would make them look like wild animals and i feel like i don't know maybe i don't know that's interesting that. maybe it's illustrated in the book with with jackets so maybe that's why they kept it in the movie I'd have to go get it. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to look up illustrations of it. That's another thing I forgot to mention in terms of like shit. We've we've talked so much about like shit that we own for the from this movie, like yeah. from this franchise. I also have I have a collection back home that I need to bring to New York with me. I have a collection of old um, music sheets. Um, oh. Some that a few of them from um, I have a few from Showboat that are almost a hundred years old now that were printed in nineteen twenty nine. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I want to have them framed and like have them around the house, and I yeah. have one. This, it's probably, it's actually my favorite one that I have. I have a sheet music of Over the Rainbow from this movie. Love it. And it is the, it is in like red and blue. And it Mm -hmm. is, it has like their full like faces of like the lead characters, um, Judy Garland, Frank Morgan, all of them. And then it has the adorable illustration of them, like on the Mm. yellow brick road. And it is gorgeous. And it's the title, it's the titular song. So like, it's amazing. And I want to have that frame so badly and, like, display that as, like, my, one of my prized possessions. Like, I love that piece. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. You'll have to uh, send me a picture of it when you have a moment. Oh, my God, yes. I'll have yeah. to have my mom take a picture of it. Um, It is, yeah, it's one of my favorites, and I forgot to mention that. Um, Now we move on to best quote. Um, Do you... <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll go back and forth. Does that sound good? Yeah, let's go back and forth. Okay, yeah. great. Um, I'll go ahead and start us off. And my first one, let's see. Da-da-da-da. 
Um, oh, my first one is an Annie M. Uh, Annie M. Uh, quote when yeah. Miss Gulch is just taking the dog and, and Dorothy has run out of the room. She goes, for 23 years, I've been dying to tell you what I thought of you. And now, well, being a Christian woman, I can't say it. <laughs> and now I cross off my first quote. Hey! I love that one. <laughs> it's so good. I was like, you go, Annie M. Like, she only has like five minutes in this movie and she, she makes it work. Like, yeah. Yeah. I also half i mean you know growing up in a tiny farming town half of the women that i knew growing up i could picture just saying that in complete earnestness yep in that kind of moment it's it's just it's so true yeah. i love that moment what's your first one now after uh, my, instead of that one. all of all of well i'm gonna go a little out of order um all of my quotes are they're kind of just weird things in the movie that i loved because there's so many quotes in this movie that are you know, iconic, whatever. We've used that word so many times now, it's losing its meaning. But, <laughs> like, there's so many things from this movie that people... Mine are just the weird ones that I noticed this time, kind of for the first time that I fell in love with. The one of them is, of course, with our friend the lion when they're going into the, the haunted forest. Mm-hmm. And there's that sign that he reads and it says, I'd turn back if I were you. And he just nods and does it. Yeah. <laughs> and then everybody, like, pulls him back. I just thought that was adorable. I loved that part. It's amazing. Like, every, again, like, every single line, he doesn't waste <sighs> a single moment. Actually, no. I think half my quotes are his. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also didn't really include, like, the famous ones, you know, like, the Toto, I have a feeling we're not. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean... actually didn't even include some of the most, all of the most famous ones. Because I was like, Nor well, everybody I. knows those. I wanted, exactly. I wanted the ones that I resonated with. So, mm. my next one is... One that I think people are aware of, but it kind of gets sneaked in there, but it's really good, yeah. is when um, she first meets the Scarecrow. One of his lines is, some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, <laughs> don't they? I um, and I was like, oh, yeah, politics. So yep. that was great. <laughs> really resonated. Mm-hmm. So what's your next one? My next one is an example of some of Yip Harburg's work that I absolutely love in this movie. The... The lyric writing that he does where he just completely shines is this kind of more fanciful stuff. And the one example of just like rhyme that I absolutely adore in this movie is from If I Only Had a Nerve. And it's, I'm afraid there's no denying. I'm just a dandy lion, a fate I don't deserve. I'd be brave as a lizard. I'd be gentle as a lizard. I'd be clever as a gizzard if the wizard is a wizard who will serve. Then I'm sure to get a brain, a heart, a home. And I just love the rhyme in that. It's amazing. I mean. It's so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. And I love Dandelion. He's a Dandy, Dandelion. Yeah, it's so... Uh, man, the play once. I even mentioned, like, um, for the song, the first song that the Munchkins sing, um, or yeah. the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, yeah. I was like, how many itch rhymes are they going to find? Like, so many. So many. Um, and it's not like like they had, like, Wikipedia back then, or, like, Google back then to just be like, like, sounds like blah, 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 like... They had to open an actual, what, thesaurus? Where do you find words that rhyme? No, there's, like, no book for There's it. rhyming dictionaries. Oh, there are? Oh, yeah. Oh, fun. Good to know. Yeah. Um, I'm never going to use it, but that sounds cool. I just um, use it for lyric writing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get, see. If I need it occasionally. I'm, like, too modern. I'm just like, hey, Google, help me out. <laughs> um, oh, I wrote, <laughs> this is kind of like a joke, but also, like, <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, one of the quotes that um, when the scarecrow is trying to convince her to let him come along, he goes, I won't try to manage things. And I wrote, I won't try to manage things, said no man ever. <laughs> so, yay, that's my I feminism feel like he holds point. His he does, actually. Well, 
Yeah, well, he only, he manages the other men, but he doesn't manage her. Yes, 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 yes. Um, which is fine by me. Yeah. Yay. Thank you, Santa Crow. <laughs> uh, what's your next one? <laughs> My next one is, uh, w- one particular quote, but also something that happens quite a lot. Just love. And that, um, I have is, so we have this whole tornado cyclone sequence, uh, and then all of a sudden, then we have everything land to a jolt, and Dorothy goes, oh, just like that. <laughs> we just oh. She goes oh. <laughs> just, she goes like there's this dramatic ass sequence and like it's so loud and there's all this stuff happening and then it all stops and she oh and I died laughing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, very specific. But then she also says a lot of it's just that very 1930s way of <laughs> acting in a movie. Oh yeah, because they don't probably know. Yeah, it's oh yeah. Oh scarecrow. <laughs> it just i love it so much <laughs> oh my god my next one oh is a this is a very short sweet and simple lion line when we're first introduced yep. to him he goes i even scare myself <laughs> <laughs> and i just love that that was the first time that i laughed out loud in the movie and i was like ah there we go <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, actually my next one is from the same moment when just the way he's like moving his hands and he's like put him up <laughs> Like, yep. I just love that. Iconic. That's, that's like, My dad him, still does that. That's how he, like, jokingly, <laughs> if you, like, tease my dad, he'll be like, put him up, put him up. Yeah. And he does the exact same thing. My dad is literally the lion from Wizard of Oz. I've just realized. <laughs> I've been living with the lion my entire life. How did I not know? Um, all right. Now, my next one is another lion line that I love yeah. that I've never noticed before that's genius and just kind of, like, gets pushed in there and, like, doesn't get enough <laughs> attention. He goes... I got a permanent just for the occasion. <laughs> when they're going to meet the wizard. <laughs> and he's like, he won't see you. And he's like, I got a permanent just for the occasion. <laughs> I totally missed that. I missed that line. It's so good. He like says it. Again. I think he says it like around the same time as the other ones. And then it like immediately is cut off by Frank Morgan. So oh, like, okay. it just like doesn't get the screen time it deserves, but it's fucking funny as shit. So I'm go definitely going to go rewatch that moment after we're done. Definitely do that. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, what's your next one? Do you have any more? Uh, yeah, my next one is a scarecrow line after they're attacked by the flying monkeys. <laughs> the scarecrow goes, they tore my legs off and threw them over there. Then they took my chest and they threw it over there. <laughs> I should have written That's that it. as most iconic. The way he says it is so iconic. It's, I can't do it. It's just, it's the funniest thing. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> they... Wait, and now I want to try. Yeah, please. They took off my chest and threw it over there. Then they took, tore off my arms and they threw them over there. Like, so he does, I don't know. No. I, but yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> we're both trying so hard. We're not voice actors. Why are we I'm not trying? even attempting. Let it be known. <laughs> I'm not attempting. Um, My next one is, this is like a lion group line where <laughs> yeah. he's finished the King of the Forest song. This is his like last line of the song. And he goes, what have they got that I ain't got? And they all very sarcastically say, courage. <laughs> and it was like the one adult humor moment of the movie where I was like, ha, yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> I do love that. Oh, that was good. Um, do you have any more? I have one more. I have one more too. Oh, good. And let me, oh, here it is. It's a, uh, this one is the wizard talking to the lion at the end where he says, you're a victim of disorganized thinking. You're under the unfortunate delusion that simply because you run away from danger, you have no courage. You're confusing courage with wisdom. And I think it's, I like the quote, but I think it's less the quote than it is just that's the moment. I feel like it really cements in that they each were very self-sufficient from the start. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. I just really love that moment. I do, and I also like that, like, the idea that, like, you were confusing, he phrases it like you were confusing courage for wisdom, right? Yeah. Um, And I like that because that's almost like a therapy thing, is we realize, oh, like, yeah. our fight-or-flight responses in life is because our body, our, our minds are just trying to protect us from what yes. we perceive as danger. We just have to teach ourselves that, like... Uh, calling a doctor to schedule a doctor's appointment is not going to kill us. Like, we yeah. can get past our anxiety and call the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, my last one is um, also a very, like, touching line from the movie that's very, like, oh, wow, that's, like, life advice. Um, mm. That um, I believe the wizard says at the end of the movie where he says, hearts will never be practical until they are made unbreakable. Yeah. I love that line, too. Yeah, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, that line got me. I was like, right at the end of the movie, they just snuck that in there, and all the adults are crying, and the kids are like, what are you crying about? (laughs) I could totally see watching this with Kaya and Noah, Keith's kids, and my start crying at that line, and they'd just be like, Miss Lauren, are you okay? (laughs) You're like, no! Yeah, I'd just be like, you all don't understand disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Actually, if I could just add one quick thing. Oh, yeah. For, just from the same little monologue the wizard is giving. Um, I, there's a, I, I don't know if I... I didn't write the... But not judged by... Wait, you just you cut out for the last, like, five seconds. I'm sorry. No. Oh, my God. What's happening? Um, You said that there was one that you forgot. Yeah. So I, I, I didn't write this down, so I might get it wrong. But it was, like, judged by how much you love, by how much you're loved by others. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I love that line. It's really good. Um, Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, okay, most likely to break out into song. I have just a couple of nominations, and they're kind of tied for me. Yeah. Of Dorothy and the Lion. Mm-hmm. Um, because they both sing the most. The Lion's King of the Forest is one of the most random songs in the movie, and also the last song of the movie, which, when I wrote for best song, I wrote out, like, all the songs of the movie, and when it, when I got to King of the Forest, I just wrote, that's it, wow. Wait a second, what, really? Yeah! That's the last song! Did... <laughs> because they go in to see the wizard. He sends them on the mission to the castle to right. to uh, get the broom. There's no song during that whole sequence because they cut the jitterbug from the movie. It would have been the jitterbug, but they I cut it from the movie. I have a spicy hot take about that. About the jitterbug? The jitterbug. Ooh, do you want to save it for spicy hot takes or? Of course I do. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> but jitterbug would have been the last song, but then they cut it from the movie, and then um. Do they not sing a quick like ding dong the witch is dead, or do they just go no, hell the they... Dorothy the wicked witch is dead? Yeah, they just do that. They just cheer for her, and she goes back to Emerald City. She oh weird almost leaves with the wizard. He forgets to take her. She gets back transported back to Kansas, and that's the end of the movie. When you say it like that, that's the weirdest thing ever. It's so weird, and that's why. Uh, I'll get to that spicy hot take. We'll <laughs> we there. both have spicy hot takes about the songs. Um, but yeah, so those two I like tied for most likely to break out into song. Do you have any other nominations? No, I don't. And in fact, I really didn't have anyone down for this. It's a hard one. That one, because I was like, well, is it just Dorothy? Like, is that the most right, obvious one? I ha- right. I would be curious. But I don't think it needs it. Wait, what did you say? I'd be curious to see like what a song for the witch would be. Yeah, I was thinking that the whole movie. I was like, what would a song for her look like? And it's funny because I feel like we have so much, like, all I could think about, I just got Last Midnight from Into the Woods stuck in my head the entire movie because I was just like, that's the only witch, like, it it was kind of, like, sad that that was, like, the most basic answer I went to. But I was like, well, (laughs) Sondheim figured out how to give the witch, like, one of the most epic 
musical theater songs ever. Yeah. So I was like, I'm surprised they didn't try to give her a song. But I think that maybe they were worried that might have made her too relatable. I definitely, yeah, I definitely think that it wouldn't. It, I don't, yeah, with the direction the movie is, I don't see it go happening. But it also would have made her even more scary. Because can you imagine her like belting her face off? But that's the other thing. And now we say that, and I'm thinking about it. And I just think to myself, well, what would that song even be? Like, what would the style of that be? I, yes, I don't what think would the style work. be? What purpose would it serve? Because yeah. I don't think, like, a song would help her in any way with her mission. Yeah, it wouldn't, like, add to her story. Um, this is great material, though, to lead us into best song. Um, best song? So best song, I'm just going to list them off. Um, uh, Over the Rainbow. Yes. We have um, the... Um, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. That, like, Wicked Witch song. Then we yeah. have Ding Dong, The Witch is Dead. Mm-hmm. Then we have Follow the Yellow Brick Road. We have If I Only Had a Blank three times. Uh, yes. Uh, we have uh, the really cool, like, Andrew sisters, kind of like, what's your da 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 Yes. That is so beautiful. What are the, I think they call them the Optimistic Voices, which Ooh, I also really? love. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's a great name. Um, We have the Merry Old Land of Oz, and we have King of the Forest, which is technically the last song in the movie, but then there was the Jitterbug that was then cut. And are you just naming all of the Is that what we're doing? Oh, I'm just mentioning them for people who aren't aware of, like, those are all the songs oh. for the movie, so then we can talk about best song. I literally thought that was your list of best no, songs. No, 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 no. I have an honorable <laughs> mention and a clear winner. Okay, but okay, okay. Um, just so everybody at home remembers, those are all the songs in the movie. Because um, I do have listeners who, like, have never even watched these movies and listened to these episodes. I just got a message from somebody who listened to the When Harry Met Sally episode and was like, I've never even seen the movie, but I love the episode. And I was like, did you understand anything we talked about? Like, cool. Like, I'm glad yeah. you liked it. I don't know how. I'm glad. <laughs> um... So then the clear winner, well, yeah. okay, honorable mention, uh, the Andrew Sister song that I just mentioned. I like love the that cool, one. It's gorgeous. I didn't remember that it's in the movie, and it should be longer, and should be, honestly, like, I want that on my playlist. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the clear winner, obviously, Over the Rainbow. Like, yeah. duh. Like, <laughs> oh my god, yeah. What about you? Yeah, I mean, other than Somewhere Over the Rainbow, I couldn't really, there's no clear... There's no real clear winner other than that one for me. Out mm-hmm. after that one in terms of like a runner up. Oh yeah. Definitely over the rainbow. That song's gorgeous. Yeah. And it's just It's perfect. You know. It's one of like it's kind of like perfect is a very strong word and kind of a horrible word, but it's like one it's like an almost perfect song. Yeah, it's a practically it perfect is. song. Yeah. It truly is. I do love that the poppy sequence with the, the you're out of the woods part. It's I love so that. It's so beautiful. It's so good. And their voices are just like so clear. Oh god. Oh, you know what? I this one is super just Jacob, but I love the overture, the main title music. The uh, overture is terrifying. It's, it's very scary. Is, that to me is iconic because that's one of the first things I when I played the sh- played the show. Every night I look forward to playing that. But I love it. It is very iconic. That's and then the women's voices true. in that that just like oh yeah come out of nowhere too. That's what reminded me. I love that part. Yeah. It's very scary, though. That was one of my first notes when I watched this, was I was like, wow, the beginning of this movie is already really scary. It's just so loud and so dramatic, and I'm like, nothing's even happened yet. Like, as a child, that must have scared the shit out of me every time I played this movie. Oh, Oh, yeah. To me, it just sounds, I mean, not to use the word epic, but it just... Oh, it sounds epic. Very 
epic sound to it. No, no, no. I totally agree with that. It sounds epic. But from like a little kid's ears, I'm also just very noise sensitive. Like I'm, oh, I'm the kind of person when, when I was a kid and I went to the movies, if I went to the movies, I had to cover my ears during movies because mm. it was way, always oh, too loud. And even when I go to concerts now as an adult, I have to wear earplugs at concerts because it's too I loud and it makes me have an anxiety attack. Um, so I'm very sensitive to noise and very like in tuned with like how music makes me feel and it like overwhelms my emotional sensibilities. And this overture really gets me like anxious. No, I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. I get that. Um, all right. Best all around. We're at the last superlative. Woot woot. Um, <laughs> and I have three nominations and the one and one of them is the clear winner. Okay. So the honorable mention is the fortune teller. Yeah. Um, he, I just love the fact that like he finds a way to send her home instead Me of too. helping her run away, which I think yeah. is fucking great. And I, as a kid, I never knew that's what he was doing. Yeah. I always thought that that was an accident that he was like, was going to take her. And I always thought that was creepy. And he kind of scared me. But as an adult, I'm like, oh, he's like a really good person. Yeah. And then he goes and checks on her too, which I think is great. Yeah. Um, I love him. Then the runner up for the winner is Scarecrow. Because yes. he's the first person that helps her. He's the smartest of the bunch. And he actually really does do a good job of like saving the day. Mm -hmm. And he ends up taking over. Well, supposedly he's going to take over Emerald City. And he does. Yeah. And then the, but the most clear winner to me is Toto. <laughs> I loved that slow laugh. <laughs> I just had so many things in my head. You just say none of them. <laughs> no, but yeah, it has to be Toto. He's literally such a loyal dog. He's so smart. He's like smarter than literally all of the people in this. Um, and he's just a good dog. And specifically, I. The reason I had to put him is because he, like, is so consistent throughout the movie of, like, stealing, like, of, like, strumming your heartstrings throughout. Yes, yes, yes. And at the very end of the movie, he jumps on the bed onto her arms to comfort her. Yeah. And I literally just wrote in all caps, PUPPY! With, like, multiple exclamation <laughs> points. Because I was like, he's, like, that was beautiful. Like, it's, he's, like, it's just a dog, but, like, it's a dog and it's perfect and you understand why she, like, wants to run away so that her dog isn't destroyed. Like, it, he, like that dog, perfect. Yeah. So, best all around is Toto. <laughs> he wasn't on my list, but I, I don't disagree. I do love Toto. Yeah. And I do just want to second the nomination for Fortune Teller Man. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, good. He's just so pure. And he is. I, I, do, I do love his relationship with Dorothy. Ah, yeah. but I don't know. I just said Dorothy because, you know, we root for her the whole movie. She's just trying to get home. Well, I'll get into that with spicy hot takes. Oh, dear. She's kind of part of my rant. Um... <laughs> I'm super curious. <laughs> uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, okay, let's do curveball before we get in. I have some notes. Uh, oh, no. So did you have a crush on any of these people growing up? No, did you? Uh, the only thing that I said... I had a crush on, like, a moment in the movie, not so much any character. Okay. I always loved when Dorothy fell into the pigsty and <laughs> uh, Zeke comes in, the lion mm. comes in to rescue her. I wanted that to happen to me so badly as a kid. Like, I, I've just always, I I have a terrible, you know what's funny talking about, like, f like anti-feminist things that I have stuck in my head from social programming? Yeah. I have such a strong damsel in distress need 
in my psyche mm. that I've literally had to go to therapy to try to figure out, like, why do yeah. I so desperately want to be saved? Mm. Um, and it's taken a lot of soul searching to figure that out. And I still don't really have a clear answer. Um, I want to blame <laughs> Disney, but that, uh, that's boring. Easy um, target. Easy target. Exactly. But I always loved when he goes and rescues her. And then he's so scared afterward. He's like so nervous about what just happened. Yeah. And I just always thought that was like so sweet. Um, and I also love when they rescue her at the, at the castle and they break yes. down the door. Watching Tin Man break down that door. I'm like, oh my God. Like that was the first time as a child. I was like, Wow. Oh, so romantic. He's just like whacking at it. Like it's, you know, what's funny is cause like through my little kid eyes, I'm like, wow, he's like being so great. And then you watch that moment in the shining and it's like, <laughs> you know, I love that. That's the comparison. Not where my brain was going. Where was your brain going? <laughs> Nowhere. It's just your brain went immediately to like, well, it's like, those are the only two acts. Yeah, Jackie. <laughs> Not Jackie. Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> Here comes Jackie. I've never even seen the movie, the shining. And I know that it's Johnny. <laughs> oh my god but those are the only two like acts through a door sequences i can think of uh, yeah. in movies so that's why i suggest it but um yeah i, I always mean, like the the savior moments in this movie i had big crushes on i i totally can get behind that i can see that for you <laughs> i can like, see that for you i can i can't say that i had a crush on any of them when i was a kid i mean like i never i don't know you know mm -hmm. i had a gay crush on judy garland yes oh my god me too but who doesn't? But yeah, exactly. Everybody well, loved her. This time, oh, now about what, like an hour and a half ago, or <laughs> that's even less time than I said last time. Uh, <laughs> after since I fell asleep last night, I'm like Zeke at the end of the movie when he comes up to the bed and he's like, "Oh, are you okay?" I'm like, "Oh, he can get it." <gasps> Bird Lark can get it. Oh no! What's you're talking about, Ray Bolger? I'm talking about Ray Bolger. Oh, okay, yeah, Ray Bolger can get it for sure. What's his name? Who? Oh, he's, um, Hickory? Jeff. Hickory. Is it Hickory? I made up Jeff. I wasn't actually guessing that, just for the record. <laughs> I don't okay. know. Oh, no, it's Hunk. Oh, Hunk. of course it's Hunk. It's Hunk. Oh, of course it's Hunk. Of I, course That it's is Hunk. true. When they said the name Hunk in the movie, I was like, did they really? They did knew. they just do that? They knew. Interesting. <laughs> um, should we get into I have some notes category? Yes, we should. Okay. Do you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Uh, how about you go first? All right. So I'm just going to read through all mine. Um, okay. I wrote this exactly. The, my very first note. I wrote, <laughs> I know this movie will probably scare me, so I am going to drink wine and watch. <laughs> so that's what I did. Two glasses of wine. And so that I didn't have nightmares. And I did not have nightmares. Yay. Because as an adult, I still have nightmares like almost every night, um, which is very concerning to my boyfriend and I feel bad. Yeah. But I have a very overactive imagination. That is unfortunate, but whatever. Um, what's my next one? Um, oh. <laughs> I wrote, Miss Gulch works out more than I do. Yikes. <laughs> but, like, it's true. Uh, okay. Uh, I mentioned, wait, what happens to Miss Gulch? Which we talked about. She died. Yes. Um, of course she died. <laughs> then I wrote, nowadays, Dorothy talking to a strange old white man would for sure end her up on a true crime podcast. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to all the uh, the murderinos that listen to this podcast who love MFM like I do. Yay! Um, <laughs> I wrote, now that I'm older, I kind of feel for the Witch of the Wicked Witch of the West. I mean, her sister was murdered. Uh, 
It's <laughs> literally what I wrote. And then this leads me into my next one that I wrote in all caps, like immediately afterward. And this is a question for you and our listeners. DM me on Instagram at please don't remake this if you have an opinion. Um, do you prefer Wizard of Oz or Wicked? Uh, silence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, Wizard of Oz. Okay. I don't, I don't love Wicked. Mm-hmm. I think I knew that about you too. That's why I wanted to yeah. ask this. Yeah, I read the book in high school, uh, the Gregory Maguire book. Yeah. And I enjoyed it. It's just like a little fan fiction-y to me. It's very political. The book is very political. It is very political. political. And I, that's, I, that's why I think I appreciated the book a bit more than the show. Mm-hmm. But also, how do you fit that into a show? Yeah. No, the show had to like completely cut that I mean, out. Like, I enjoy for the show for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I would still... But again, is that the nostalgia talking? Because to be truthfully, to be truthful about this, if I weren't taking notes while watching this movie, I probably wouldn't have been taking paying as much attention as I had been. Yes, yeah, yeah. So you know what? I don't know how to answer that question. For me, it's Wicked, but it's because I Wicked was one of the first music. Well, probably actually, Wicked might be the first musical that I fell in love with. Um, oh really? Yeah, I talked about this a little bit. Well, yeah, I kind of mentioned on the Mamma Mia episode where I mentioned that um, I'd really wanted to go, my sister and I wanted to go see Wicked on our first trip to New York, but the tickets Mm -hmm. were really hard to get and super expensive back then because it had just come out. Yeah. It was only like two years into the run or something. So my um, step-grandmother gave us tickets to Mamma Mia and that ended up being my first Broadway musical I ever saw. And I fell in love with Mamma Mia and I've loved it ever since. But Wicked, I loved even before Mamma Mia. And Wicked was probably the first musical I fell in love with. And I sang Mm. popular for almost every competition for like five years. Not by choice. I was always forced by my teachers to sing it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) And um, I just really love that show. It's one of my dream roles. Of course, Glinda's is a dream role. Um, Mm. And it's one of the few shows that like when I've had really good professors or really good voice instructors, every time like we've talked about musicals, they've always mentioned Wicked as they're like, that's going to be your Broadway, like your big break is doing Wicked. They like Mm. always, every time I talk about musical theater with a new teacher, they're always like, that's going to be the one. Um, Because that's just like who I am as a performer. Glinda is like very much like my aesthetic. Um, Yeah, yeah. So I've always really loved it. Um, Wizard of Oz we'll get into it with spicy hot takes like i just don't as as the older i'm getting the less i'm resonating with it um but the older Mm -hmm. i get the more i'm resonating with wicked even more than like when i was a kid i'm actually even more resonating with wicked from like the female friendship perspective and having a sister just really kind of like frozen like what frozen did for my sister and i it really gave us something that contextualized our relationship a little bit that like I don't want to give Wicked and, like, Frozen all the credit for us being so much closer (laughs) than we were, like, growing up. But, like, they definitely helped us cross some bridges that Mm. were there in our relationship that we really needed to be as close as we are now. Yeah. Um, And so I just really resonate with um, Wicked. And, yeah, it'll probably be always one of my favorite musicals. And I'm okay with that. I hate that, like, people, like trying to trash some of these pop musicals no there totally is a weird stigma around that with some people it's like oh they're too cool for that yeah exactly and like there's there's a difference between like wicked and like the emoji musical you know like (laughs) there's a difference like everybody tries to like shit on wicked i'm like there's a reason it won tony's guys like it's and i i was playing a rep class i think this was like last year um and one of the students uh, one of the roles that they worked on was Elphaba. And so I got to play The Wizard of Anna and I and No Good Deed. And I just want to say playing those is, I love playing those songs. Yes. 
Yeah, the music is... fucking exciting to play. The music is thrilling. And if anybody told me that there is not at least one Alphaba who can't give them chills singing Defying Gravity, Mm. go fuck yourself, you're lying. Who's yours? uh, Literally almost all of them. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) Like, I I literally watch... I follow, like, so many Broadway accounts now on Instagram. And one of them recently, I forget which one, but they were doing, like, a Wicked series recently on, like, people writing in their favorite Alphabas. And they were showing clips of each of them. And for me, I get chills based on a very specific sound of voice. Like, the clearer it is, basically, Mm -hmm. the better. And there's something about the timbre that just, like, gets me. And there were a couple that literally brought tears to my eyes and gave me goosebumps all over my body from one note. Because they just had this tone that I knew, like, God was real. Like, it was just, like, (laughs) one of those things where I was like, that is a gift from God, you know? Yeah. Um, So that's part of the reason I love the show so much is I'm like, you you can get excited about Glinda and Elphaba. And also, I think it's the first musical where I saw female leads being, like, respected. Like, Mm, you know, that we weren't just, like, jokes. Just to throw my name out there. Yes. my name, the name of the Elphaba I love. I mean... Obsessed with Stephanie J. Block and Julia Murney. Oh, but of course. I am obsessed with Jessica Vosk. Oh, yes. Well, I think she's almost everybody's, like, secret favorite. Like, Oh, she's... she has to be. Yeah. Her solo CD, she does a... Uh, on one of, her, one of her songs she does is Nobody's Side from Chess. One of my favorite recordings of that song. Mm-hmm. I love her so much. Did you did you see um, Ben Platt's recording recently of um, No Good Deed that he did on TikTok, no. I think? It's actually... Oh, no. Oh, it's actually amazing. <laughs> well, I love... Uh, Ben Platt, like, I think he's very talented, even though he's, like, obviously related to the gods of film and theater. So it's, like, uh, lucky. Um, he's also genuinely talented, uh, deserved his Tony Award for Dear Evan Hansen. And, um, yeah, he did a great job of doing No Good Deed in, I think, the original key. Um, (laughs) which is just very exciting. I'll have to to check it out. I'll actually, I have to send you a very specific video of a guy who, who harmonizes even in a higher key with him and it's actually incredible and really that's the guy that should probably have a record deal because he <laughs> he sings like three whole notes higher than like like full. yeah i definitely need to hear this i will send that to you anyway yeah. um but yeah so i wanted to have that little debate because i know people i have a lot of musical theater listeners followers yeah. so um, I, mean, I don't think it needs to be one or the other oh yes I... thank you for pointing that out it does not need to be one or the other i just find it fascinating yeah, it was actually kind of interesting in making some of my spicy hot takes and some of my, I have some notes, it's it, these characters from these new backstories that have been invented for them. Wait, what did you say? Sorry, you cut out for a second. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I did not know what's going on with my audio. It's okay. Sometimes it happens. My next one. Um, oh, this is just like a question I had throughout the whole movie. Like, what's special mm-hmm. about the shoes? We never actually know. Like, we never find out why the Wicked Witch of the West wants the shoes. Other than, yeah, it's her dead sister's shoes. But, like, she says... Excuse me. She says that she has, they have powers. And, like, we never know what that means, though. And it kind of is frustrating to me as an adult. She needs those shoes to have a child. <laughs> I love that Into the Woods reference. <laughs> that was one of my notes. But I'm like, I can't not use it now. Oh, that's great. Yes, I'm so glad you did. When, that was... when she did that, I, the first thing I thought of, I just heard in my head, 
I need those shoes to have a child. That's my favorite. And the, that doesn't that make doesn't any... That doesn't make sense. Have you ever seen the way that um, Laura Benanti Laura Benanti does it? Yes! I love her. That doesn't make sense. She just like puts her hand on her. Jonathan showed that to me. He found that somewhere. He was showing that to me. We were dying from I that. I love that clip. Oh my God. That doesn't make any makes sense. sense. Which for those of you listening who don't know musical theater, that is from Into the Woods. A great Sondheim musical that actually used to be my favorite musical for like 10 years. Um, used to be. Until I saw the band's visit, and then the band's visit kicked it off the list. Uh, yeah, um, yep, yep, yep. Loved that show, too. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, the next one is, why, who decided that the lion was going to have such a strong accent? <laughs> it's just, like, such a choice. And I'm here for the choice. It's funny. It's, it's a good choice. It really elevates the movie to be more comedic. But mm. it's just totally doesn't make any sense i mean it's a lion with what is that like a new york act like what kind of accent is that well and i wonder too i mean he's kind of like that pansy like nance stereotype like vaudeville stereotype yeah i wonder if it's something to do with that (gasps) you're right maybe that is like a a caricature or something i don't know enough other examples of that to say that but that's the first place my mind goes at least that's where i i i I'm assuming that that's correct. Probably. Let's just say you're right. Yay! Um, that's what I can do on that. that's what I can do on the podcast. <gasps> I can just tell people they're right. Today um, in rehearsal, I made one of the kids tell me that I was right. Wait, <laughs> oh, wait, what? We were working on one of the ensemble numbers, uh-huh. and during one of them, I told them, "No, it's supposed to be this," and they're like, "No, it's not." Wait, and I'm like, "Yes," and they're like, "Okay, I got it," and I'm like, "No, no, no. say it." say it and they're like you were right i'm like no and they're like you were right i'm like thank you wow (laughs) it wasn't as like it wasn't as like power hungry as it sounds it was very playful and funny oh but that's all laughing but that's how you train high schoolers i'm oh no no this was with the the college kids wait (laughs) i really thought it was high school no this was in the workshop that we're doing right now oh fuck that's funny but it was funny it oh, wasn't yeah. like saying that out loud now it sounds like I was being an asshole. I'm not I wasn't being an asshole. You're not always. <laughs> <sighs> I'm, I'm I'm done. Have a good night. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> I'm not taking it back. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Woo. Um my next one is um the tin man screaming help is a covid mood. <laughs> Just help. Help. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, woo, I felt that deep in my bones. Um, Oh, this is funny because, okay, this is one of the notes where you kind of start to hear that I'm getting drunk slash tipsy. Um, Uh But this note is genuine. I really had never noticed it until watching it this time. So, like, child brain versus adult brain. Yeah. About Frank Morgan, like, playing all these roles. (laughs) Yeah. I wrote, LOL, I never realized it's the same guy. LOL. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> that was my note because i really did not know that i yeah it, so, is it canon to say that they are all literally the same person oh they're not they're, yes they're all the same person yeah, i okay. actually no i do think that the fortune teller and the wizard of oz are their own person like their duels of each other and then all of the characters he plays in in emerald city are the same person so it, so just looking at Oz, him as the wizard and him as like the four other people are two separate people. Well, like I consider that like they're not close enough in like the, their mannerisms. I don't think are close enough to each other. 
Oh, okay. Because like, I'm like, is he just granting people audiences? Oh, see, see I thought that too. I was like, are they trying to insinuate that he's like running Emerald City even like he, this is his shtick. But then I was like, no, I think he, he's trying to make them as different as possible. This is just like what Hollywood did back then for some weird oh, okay. reason. I got Where, you. Like, it's the same thing of like Dick Van Dyke playing the older man at the bank in Mary Poppins. It's like back, oh, okay. back then they just let actors do that. They were like, you want to play multiple roles? Cool. We can pay less people. Like, I think that's just like <laughs> something that studios liked, which I find weird and confusing if kids notice it's the same person. But then again, yeah. me for like 10 I years didn't, notice, didn't notice it was the same person. So yeah. I guess in this movie, it works better than... Yeah, it works. It works. So, but that was my last. I have some notes. Bam. Yeah, I don't have too many. I have a few funny things. I one of the first things I wrote was just like I wrote, "I love this overture so much" because I love it. <laughs> it's so exciting to me. Like that just is this movie. Yep. When I hear that, um, I love Aunt M counting the chicks, putting Aww, them in her yeah thing. I'm like, I would if that were my job on the farm, I'd be having so much fun putting chicks in my apron. <laughs> in my apron. They're so cute. Uh, I wrote, I just had, like, I think multiple notes just about how adorable Judy Garland is in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, her earnestness. And I think that's what really, like, her portrayal of for this character, I think that's what really dry, uh, pulls the movie together. Oh, yeah. Because there's so much fancifulness and fantasy. And then all of a sudden, then you have this very grounded young girl. And... She's just, I love the wistful, I don't know. I just love her. In this you movie. have to relate to her to like go on the journey and every single <gasps> yeah. scene she makes you root for her. Yeah. Yeah. She's just brilliant. Yep. Also practical effects in this movie are hands down amazing. Yes. You're so right. Oh my God. The twister scene is incredible. I wrote, I was like, this movie, like how the fuck did they do this? Like this looks better than a movie that came like would come out in 2021. Like, yeah. Honestly, yeah. though, the, there's a one of the behind the scenes thing on in the movie is them with other test things about how they did the twister. Oh, and it is. I'll send it to you. It's amazing to watch because it's all made like with like a sock. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. What they were able to do is fucking amazing. Yeah. Just the practical stuff. And I love uh, this was one of my other notes later. But I also just love that look of this kind of age of movie where it's like. This is the painted backdrop, and you can tell where it meets the floor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it's just, I, it's so amazing. I love it. Yep. Um, what else do I have? Uh, oh, I, <laughs> I just put, holy shit, the flying monkeys are going to give me nightmares. <laughs> oh, no. Same. Just the number of them flying through the sky is terrifying. It is. That whole sequence, when they're, like, chasing after her up the hill, is horrifying. That is, yes. that is traumatic as fuck. Like, yeah. wow. Also, this is going to take me into a quick side tangential story, but I had a bit of like an emotional trigger when I heard the Miss Gulch music, the ba dum ba dum ba da Yeah. Because when I was doing the show, uh, I was sitting there in rehearsal playing piano, and uh, I'm sure I've told you this story. And um, I was sitting there and I was waiting for the cue line to play that music, and it didn't come, and th- there was silence. And I was like, okay. And after about like, five, ten minutes of silence, the director turns to me and goes, what do you want me to do? Sing it! <gasps> and I about shit myself. And I looked at her and I put, I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out she added in music that she didn't tell me or the music director about. So, like, we wouldn't have even known to play it. Oh, my but God. But her screaming that at me, what do you want me to do? Sing it! 
is ingrained in my memory. So as soon as I heard that music, that's the first thing I thought of. Oh no. I was going to mention like, this is, should be tied for some of the best like villain music ever. Uh huh. Um, tied with like Jaws. It's so recognizable. It's so simple. It's like what the same, like five notes. Just like repeat it over and over, just like Jaws, and it's, it's genius. So great. Yeah. Oh, I'm so <sighs> sorry. I feel that. Oh my god, I feel that story these, really. Just these power hungry directors yeah. who called me Jason for you know a month and a half until the rehearsals. <laughs> it's fine. I'm over it. Oh man. Uh, also, one of my other notes, uh, which I can't find at the moment, but just the underscoring for this movie is just terrific. Yep. Yep. Um, I'm trying to see. There's really nothing else that I have that's like fun or exciting that you haven't really mentioned or that I haven't mentioned already. But the last thing I have <laughs> in the final scene when they finally get to the wizard and Toto like goes over and pulls a little curtain. When the wizard turned around, I had a very like visceral reaction that he wasn't wearing a mask. <laughs> <gasps> I do that with every movie now. It caught me completely off guard too because it was halfway, not even. Well, more than halfway through the no, movie. No, yeah, it's on, like, the last 20 minutes. The end of the movie. And for some reason, I had this very, like, physical reaction that he wasn't wearing a mask and he was going to talk to them. <laughs> I do that every single time. Mostly modern uh... movies now. If I watch, like, a modern movie that's just come out, I automatically am like, why aren't you wearing a mask? And I have to remind myself. I'm like, Lauren. Yeah. And, and this is, like, that's what's weird about, like, film and television right now that's still coming out during COVID is, like, mm-hmm. it's one of the few times in, in the world where we are making art that doesn't reflect what's going on in the real world. The only show that I've seen that has brought that into the show was Superstore, which I think is still airing at the moment. Oh, really? But they, like, added that into they... the storyline? Yeah, because it's like a big box store. They've been adding, they added, and as soon as COVID started hitting, they had a whole COVID storyline of what do we do and keeping yourself safe. And they're wearing masks. However, you can tell that they aren't quite sure how to use it because <laughs> they'll be talking to each other and then take their masks down to talk to each other because it's like, oh, we're doing our scene. And I'm like, you, you're trying. I appreciate it. <laughs> but I feel like that's also accurate to workers, like doing Honestly, things like that. True. Like a Not lot of businesses job, still do but... that. That's true. Well, you work at a pharmacy. Thank God they're not doing it at the pharmacy. Yeah, not at the university either. Oh, yeah. Um, but crazy. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's. I really don't have anything else funny that we All haven't right. already talked about. But yeah. Should we move into spicy hot takes? Spicy hot That's a spicy hot take. That's spicy. I'm ready if you are. Okay, should we... Let's do back and forth and then I'll do my rant. Save it, it. right for the end. Okay, so I'll start us off with just, like, a very quick one. The little, like, message that they have at the beginning of the movie, that this is for, like, the young at heart, blah, 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 is so unnecessary, and I really hate that it's there. I was just, like, I literally wrote, ugh, reading. And, (laughs) (laughs) like, very a la CinemaSins. And I was just, like, that's annoying. Like, I I paused it. I'm a fast reader, but every time there's, like, writing on a screen, I always pause it to make sure that I get it all in. And I paused it and read it in full, and I was, like, that was such a fucking waste of 10 seconds <laughs> and they did not need to do it. And I don't know why they did it anyway. And also the kids you... who are watching this movie can't read that well to read that entire screen fast enough. Or understand it. Cause when I read it, it took me a second. Yes. It's, it's <laughs> absurd. It, yeah. Uh, so that's my first spicy hot take. What's do you know yours? Deborah Winger? Deborah Winger. No. The actress? No. Um, I don't know her from anything else other than the Wizard of Oz Dreams Come True concert. And, <laughs> and she played the Wicked Witch in that. And she also reads that. In the concert. So that's the only reason that it's very recognizable Weird. to me. I just hear it in her voice now. That must be like the beginning of the book, maybe? It's not. 
Oh, then why the fuck? Weird. Weird. Who knows? Anyway, totally unnecessary. I will um, also start with a short one. Yeah. There's no fucking way that window took Dorothy out. <laughs> I mean, she's a pretty sensitive child. I'm not surprised. <laughs> it barely hit her. <laughs> but, like, it's also, like, what's probably 80 mile per hour winds. That... But the wind... But, but, yes, yes, yes. I agree. I love how you're like, I'm going to stand by my spicy hot take. <laughs> I do stand by this spicy. It's not even that spicy. I'm so bad at this category. <laughs> I'm very I, good at it. That's why I have it. I know, and that's why I'm giving I'm give the reins to you during this part. Like you know, I hold the reins the rest of the time. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it's your podcast. It's my pod, it's you my do podcast. you do sing the theme song, so this is like kind of like. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, whoops! I just oh shit! <laughs> Did you drop your wine? No, I don't have any. Oh right. <laughs> no, I just like knocked everything over. Thank God I drank all my water because it did not have the cap on. It just <laughs> fell over. Um, what I was gonna say was, um, it's it's a good thing that like the song isn't like too long because can you imagine people who listen to this show for the first time are like, oh cool, I wonder when this dude like who this dude is, you know what his what his vibe is, and then I come in with hi everyone, and everybody's like, who the fuck is this bitch? <laughs> You do the vacuum vocals, though. They know you already. I know, but, like, also I sound different singing than I do talking, so I don't know how much people recognize me. <laughs> Who knows? Um, anywho, I interrupted you in the middle of your spicy outtake. So, yes, there's some very high MPH wins, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I don't know if that's how people say that, but but it also very gingerly comes off the hinge. <laughs> it just kind of goes, it goes, it, it makes less of a hit, more of, like, a, a gentle, like, oh, hi there. I love, that was really good, like, alliteration. Gingerly off the hinge. Oh, I don't remember what I said. I'll have to listen that's to it. That's what, exactly what you said. You were like, gingerly off the hinge. And I was gingerly like, off look the at hinge. you. You really paid attention to the music of this movie. I'm a poet. <laughs> and you didn't even know it. I, <laughs> shit. Love it. I, I told myself not to, and then I did it. Um, <laughs> my next one is, um, this is one of my spicy hot takes about Dorothy. Mm. Okay. <clears throat> okay. She causes all of her own problems. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Just like, mostly... You didn't see me like processing that and then saying that, but yep. I did just, I looked off to the side, looked up, squinted a bit, and then went, yep. Squinted. Yeah, no, she like, mostly the beginning of the movie, not so much like, not too much of the rest of the movie, but especially yeah, yeah, the yeah. beginning of the movie, like her, like um, uh, her uncle Henry at one point makes the point of like, if you, or no, this is um, Scarecrow, uh, Hunk, who makes this suggestion. Ooh, Hunk. If you stop going by, <laughs> control yourself. <laughs> we were talking about a children's movie. Um, if um, he tells her, like, if you stop going by Mrs. Gulch's, or Miss Gulch's house uh, on your way from school, on your way home from the school, you won't have this problem anymore. And, like, that's the thing. She's had this problem multiple times. She's clearly old enough. She's probably supposed to be, like, 14, 15. She's clearly old enough to know how to resolve this problem. And instead, she just, like, is kind of stupid. Mm. And um, it's just frustrating to me. Because I'm like, you really do, like, cause your own problems. And yeah. she she's just, a child. She's too uh, much... She looks too much of an adult to, like, be throwing temper tantrums. And Ed for falling into the pigsty when she probably knows she's not supposed to be walking on top like that. Right. Uh, Which I guess... The question I have is, how old is she in this movie? I wrote that 
that down too. Exactly. I wrote how old is she supposed to be? In the book, I think she's only like 11 or 12. She's a, she's very young. Yeah. yeah. And then in this, because they cast her at like, what, 16, I think, or 17, something? 17, I think 17. She is in this. And they were like binding down her breasts to make her look younger. Also, come on. Yeah, I know. For me, she still looks like 14. 14, 15. Youngest. Youngest option. But older than older than the book which is what would make more sense in terms of the context of the oh episode. yeah if if the book if but also i feel like it'd be even more traumatic if they had cast an 11 year old can you imagine an 11 year old being told that she was going to be killed by a green witch like no <laughs> that would be terrifying like kids would never this movie it already wasn't a super box office success in new york when it came out originally yeah but can you imagine if like it was a child they had cast instead of like a teenager like that would have been it wouldn't, I don't even think it actually would have lasted that long. I don't think I don't it would think be so. an American classic like it is today. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. She's kind of the cause of all her problems. <laughs> yeah. Bam. What's your next one? Does the Yellow Brick Road, on, like, does does it only go to the Emerald City? Because there's so many times when they are, they, they go, well, which way do we go? It goes that way and this way. And then that way too. And they pick one way and they still end up there. Does it? Is it just a bunch what of roundabout I, ways to the Emerald City? What I think it is, is that as it goes along, it connects with other villages on the way to Emerald City. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you see other offshoots, I think those are just other villages it can take you to, like Munchkin Land. Oh, okay. But that like is that also, idea. that is my Wicked interpretation of, like, oh, you know sure. how Wicked has, like, the the um, map of yes. Oz? That's where it's that that conjecture is coming from. Gotcha. Um, my next one. This is not really like spicy as much as just like uh, <laughs> just pointing this out. If if her aunt and uncle had waited thirty seconds to get into the cellar, this movie wouldn't happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> She's literally right behind them. Yeah. And it, it's only, it's even like, I think less than 30 seconds by the time she gets to the cellar door. If yeah. they just, and the, and the twists are still pretty far off. Mm-hmm. So they had the time to just take a few extra seconds. And watching it this time, I didn't realize what a close call it is that they left her out of the cellar. And I was like, wow, like that, I get you're scared, but like, this is also a child that you're not bringing into the cellar with you that could die in this, in this twister. Yeah, but and also, you just locked would her you, out. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I, I do understand where you're coming from. But I also understand their want to just get in the shelter and... Well, I just think it sucks that, like, poor Annie M is the only one trying to look for her. That See, that is true. All the men, <laughs> they just run right in. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's fucked. That, like, they didn't even try. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I hope they all felt really fucking guilty afterward. <laughs> <laughs> They're lucky she just bumped her head and came too. Like, Honestly. What the fuck? Though at the end of the movie, they do say, oh, we thought she wasn't going to make it for a minute. I'm like, D- actually though? <laughs> well, they didn't see her only get hit on the head with the window. So they probably don't know what's wrong with her. True. So they probably True. do genuinely think she's not going to wake up. Because when they said that, I was just, I was very confused. It's like, yeah. for real? <laughs> <laughs> um... What's your next one? My next uh, one is gonna is is when I might have to do my rant because it's very okay. Dark, I have so. I have two more. One short one and then one longer one. Okay. So my short one is the, none of these are very spicy hot takes. This is like ooh, this apple's too spicy. You know, it's like these aren't very <laughs> this spicy. Apple's too spicy. <laughs> uh, Miss Gulch is my first in in terms of the movies and things that I grew up with. The very first OG Karen movie Karen. <laughs> that 
That's so true. She doesn't get her way, and so she goes to the sheriff. (laughs) She's like, hey, Mr. Policeman, will you take this puppy away? (laughs) I did not not even think of the Karen (laughs) aspect of it. I just wrote, rich people have always sucked. They have. And she's in with the police, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Fuck the police. Oh, man. Yeah, wow. That's (laughs) funny. Um... My, I'm going to read my short one too, because I'll save my spiciest one for last. Um, okay. My short one is why we never get an explanation of why water melts her. I know, right? And it frustrates me because I'm like, that... what is that supposed to insinuate? That's like, she doesn't bathe? Like, why does water melt her? Yeah. I was like, why does water melt her? There's literally no good reason. It's a total accident. And I think that's really lazy writing. I'm like. It is kind of lazy. <laughs> yeah. I actually like that Wicked justifies that choice by saying that That's what I was just thinking. Too. Yeah. I that's reasons I like Wicked. I actually think some of the writing is in Wicked is very very clever. And I do agree with that. I like in Wicked how they justify it by saying she just uses all the mythologies about her to mm-hmm. escape with Fiera. I think that's fucking genius. And yeah. I love that moment in the show when it happens. I'm pumped as shit. Yeah. So, yeah, in this movie though, it's lame. It's extremely, it's extremely lazy. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yep. What's your next one? So this, this is kind of a two-parter. I'm going to say the first part now and the second part I'm sure will come into play when we talk about the remake stuff. Oh yeah. Um, But I, th- I really think, I know that they cut the jitterbug sequence and the sequence of Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead, like the triumphant return to the Emerald City. Mm-hmm. The movie would have been 100% better with both of those in. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I think the four sequence needed a lighter touch like the jitterbug to keep the audience less scared. Because the whole, like, for, like, 20 minutes of the movie, it is very terrifying. It's super dark. Yeah. I think it would have, I think it would have helped with a the tone there, on my end at least. And also, I love the jitter, I love the song, The Jitterbug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we did the show, everybody bitched about it. They're like, oh, whatever. And I'm like, it's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's I my also- favorite part of the show. I also think it's so awkward in the movie. She mentions sending a bug to deal with them. And then never mentioned. Again. Yeah. And then, yeah, it doesn't happen. It was just awkward that they didn't edit that part out. I was like, True. I know why, because they probably didn't want to reshoot that. But also, right. like, it's just awkward. But then they also had that entire sequence of the, it started with the guard singing Ding Dong the Witch is Dead and started with this whole parade procession leading them back to the Emerald City to deliver the broom. Mm-hmm. And that would have been so cool and also would have provided us with one more big musical number before the end of the show. Which would have been a better song probably to end on versus like King of the Forest. Yeah, the King of the Forest, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I also, just in another thing that they shouldn't have cut was the Summer of the Rainbow Reprise in mm. the Witch's Castle next to the, the Crystal Ball. I really wanted that too. Well, apparently it was too depressing. <laughs> I know. Have you heard the recording of Judy Garland singing it and just breaking into tears? I think so, yeah. It is so hard to listen to i love it so much <laughs> yeah well it's also just like accurate like that's where she's at emotionally she yeah. kind of deserves that moment she's been through hell yeah and, and we have come on you sing the fucking if i only had a blank nine thousand times this movie give us one more time of over the rainbow exactly yeah um now my last one is kind of leading into my rant yay <clears throat> <laughs> it clears her throat i'm gonna read the, the 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 spicy hot take first and then i'll do my rant Okay. Here we go. Okay. I think this is the most annoying movie I've done on this show. Now here's the rant. So, <laughs> half of the songs are horrible in that they're just annoying as shit. Like, every 
piece in Munchkin Land. Um, King of the Forest is totally unnecessary. Um, yeah, I do agree. And honestly, very unbalanced, considering he's supposed to be, like, one of the three. I hate that he has a solo song. Uh, mm. Because it just totally unbalances the group. Um, I think that's bad writing. I think that's a, that was a very bad decision to do. Um, okay. I think Dorothy needed one more song at the end of the, at the end of the movie that like would have, like, I just feel like the movie overall is very unbalanced. It like kind of starts off at a pretty scary place is pretty fucking bleak there with like the, the twister and everything. Then she lands in, lands in this very strange place. That's actually kind of scary because it's just like so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. That it's, you, she can't relax in that world in any way, shape, or form. Right. Like, there's no way for her to relax during it. In which, I'm not saying, and you know, I come at it from, like, the, the, theater, the theater writing perspective. Where they teach us, you know, like, whatever the character, the main character is feeling, the protagonist is feeling, the, you can expect the audience will also feel. Mm-hmm. And I have never liked the idea. I don't like the approach that some playwrights or some directors take with shows. Where they want the audience on the edge of their seats there the entire time. I think that's a terrible idea. Mm. Especially in this movie, I think they really fucked up by never helping you really, like, relax mm. into it. Because you have to have a moment where you take a deep breath. Sure. And in this movie, there aren't many. Um, I mean, you, like, start to take a deep breath, and then it gets cut off immediately <laughs> by something horrible happening. <laughs> You know, like you start to kind of breathe easily when they get to Emerald City and then it's cut off by the witch showing up in the sky. You kind of start to breathe a little bit during um, King of the Forest, even though it's an unnecessary song. And then all of a sudden they're meeting the the Wizard of Oz and he's very terrifying. Mm. And there's just every time you think you're going to take a deep breath, you can't really enjoy it. You can't sit in the enjoyment. And I just don't want to be in... <laughs> this is this kind of funny play on words. I don't want to be in Dorothy's <laughs> shoes that much. I, I get hey, I don't want to like sit in that for so long, yeah. you know. And like an hour and forty minutes doesn't seem long, but it's long by child standards. Oh my god, Kaya Noah, Keith's kids literally watch TV shows that are like ten minute long episodes. Like attention, uh, attention spans run small, huh? Uh, what was that? There's that video platform where they tried to do like ten minute long videos. Not oh, Quibi. Quibi, yes. Oh, what's Quibi? Okay, Quibi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't watch Quibi. It's like Disney Plus, but like... The... Oh, I figured it wasn't Quibi, but that's where my brain yeah, went. Yeah, <laughs> but like their TV episodes are literally only like 10 minute long yeah. sequences. So like, and that's all... They can't even do... Like, they can't even sit still for 10 minutes. So like an hour right. and 40 minute long movie is a lot. Especially because this movie like has a lot of traumatic moments to it. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I kept thinking to myself... I was talking about this with Keith last night, trying to like build my rant in a like a better structure (laughs) and i was trying to figure out why i didn't enjoy it Mm -hmm. um and i think the major thing is is you know this is one of the movies that's considered an american classic um it's been heralded for many decades it's almost already almost 100 years old um and I was trying to justify that while watching the movie. I was like, is this still an American classic? Mm-hmm. Do I need to show this to Kaya and Noah someday? Do I need to tell them, like, you have to watch this movie? And I'm watching it. And there's not a lot of re- relatable about it because the situation is too extreme. I mean, she's in, like, this terrifying far-off land that has, like, nothing to do with anything, you know? Okay. It invented sure. the trope that we all hate of, it was all just a dream. It literally invented that trope. 
I do hate that about the end of the movie. Yeah, it's kind of a horrible fucking ending. Like, you're happy that it wasn't real, that she's safe. But also, it, she just looks traumatized by, like, oh my god, I just went through this thing. Like, and everybody's just like, oh, it's okay. It's like, yeah. ooh, it just feels like very, like, yikes at the very end of the movie. It makes me very uncomfortable. Um, there's not a lot to relate to. It's kind of creepy. I'm kind of repeating myself at this point. But at, sure. the, at the end of the day, I thought to myself, like, do I have to show this to Kainoa? Do they have to see this? Yes. And I, and I just kind of settled on no. I think, but I... Mm. I don't think they ever have to see this. Um, oh, that's disappointing. Yeah, I was just... And I was kind of disappointed too because I was like, oh, I didn't expect to come away with that strong of an opinion about it, but... I was not expecting this turn. I was I mean, I was either. after you told me you didn't enjoy it, but... Well, I wasn't either. I really thought I was going to be way more nostalgic about watching yeah. it. But then as soon as it started, I was like, oh, this just reminds me of like every nightmare I had as a child. And I know I can't show this to Kainoa until like they're like 10 and I feel like by then they're not going to enjoy it anymore. Because they're just going to be like, this is weird. I definitely watched this way younger than 10. Well, me too. But I think that they can't handle that. They're already five and they definitely could not handle this movie. Really? Oh my God, not at all. They can't even handle, for those of you who know or like haven't seen, watch the Winnie the Pooh movie, the latest one that came out in like 2010, 2011. There's a, there's a quote unquote like bad guy in the movie called the Baxen. And Kai is afraid of the Baxen. It is one of the nicest most chill <laughs> monsters you will see in a kids movie like it's so non-threatening and she's terrified of it and can't watch that sequence when they're thinking about it she has to cover her eyes or leave the room what's it called the Baxon, b-a-c-k-s-o-n i think is how they spell it oh i just looked him up he's adorable he's adorable she's terrified of him so can you imagine her seeing the witch she'll love it she would have nightmares for weeks. See, now, I I think the reason I was having nightmares from something Oz-related because I watched Return to Oz as a child. Oh, I never saw any of the, the sequels, remakes, oh, anything. you would l- hate Return to Oz. You would, It would terrify you. Yep, that sounds about right. It was so good. <laughs> I think I'd always heard that it was scary, which is why we never watched it. The movie started with Aunt Em taking her to, like, whatever the... 1930 version of a psychiatrist was to have electroshock therapy wait what why yeah, she because they thought that she was having delusions because she was so stuck on this oz thing they took her to have ect done which at the time you know ugh. and um not so much now because it's you know safe now but it, so they take her to have it done and then she goes back to oz to kind of escape th- whatever's going on there um, well, that's stressful as fuck. Terrifying. Jesus. And there's these terrifying monsters that have taken over that have like, that ride around on, like they don't have legs. They just have a wheel. <gasps> they call them the wheelies. Oh God, that sounds wheelers. horrible. I don't remember for sure. Um, and then this, I think the scarecrow was turned into like this, this like green pot or green like vase or something. And Dorothy only has two chances. She has, there's a whole room full of green vases or vases, whatever. And she has two chances to pick the ones, the scarecrow or else they'll all be destroyed or something (gasps) like that. Oh my God. Terrifying. I loved it. You should watch it. Jesus. Yikes. Um, but yeah, I just feel like it's not super like family friendly. And also, I mean, like, just point out the obvious fact of, like, everybody's white in it. So, like, that's not helpful. I mean, that <laughs> it's is not relatable. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I just don't. I didn't really get much out of it other than, like, Over the Rainbow, which you can listen to the song without needing to watch the movie. 
You can also listen to one of her better recordings of it, like from her Carnegie Hall concert. Yes, exactly. Yeah, there's even times where, yeah, she sang it better as she got older. So, like, you don't even have to listen to that recording. Like, there's, yeah, there's a million people who have sung it that sing it great. So, you don't even have to watch the movie. Um, so, yeah, I just feel but like I still it's... think there's something to be said about the movie in terms of an artifact. It's definitely an artifact. And, yes. Yeah. And it also is just, it's it looks beautiful. It like, does. I was really caught by just how gorgeous the movie looks. Yeah, they clearly put their entire budget into making it look amazing. The set dressing is incredible. Yeah, and just with the the restorations done and everything, it's just, it's in gorgeous shape. It's really, I think there's something to be said about that, too. Yeah. And also, one thing that I think I took away from it, too, this time more than I had in the past, was how based in old vaudeville styles a lot of the characters are with the three three little sidekick buddies we have mm-hmm. um i mean especially with like bert lar but then with the tin man and scarecrow i think there's a lot of like a, like really fun vaudevillian physical comedy that you just it's like very of the area and fun to watch mm-hmm. so i got a lot of that from it too i will say i would love to watch this with kaya noah someday because i would love their opinion on it from like a modern perspective mm. i would love to know like in like 2025 like what do they think of this movie yeah you know? How do, does it resonate with them at all as kids? Like, do they... Because I don't think my... I forgot to check in with my parents about this. I don't think my mom really liked this movie. Mm. Um, she didn't like a lot of the kids' movies I watched as a child. <laughs> like, a lot of them she did not like. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember her sitting with me watching this. I, re- I, I feel like I watched this a lot, like, by myself. Like, yeah. I had some weird fascination with it. Um, and I don't know. I just, like... I don't know. I guess I want their opinion someday if they want to, but I'm not going to be one of those parents who's like, this is an American classic. You have to watch it. Okay. I totally get that though. And it's funny because I mean, I really want to fight you and, you know, say, no, 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 you have to. But at the same time, I also was watching it and it was enjoying it from a nostalgia point of view. But at the same time, I also was sitting there taking my notes and not paying you know, paying attention for my notes. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah, if I, what you said earlier, like, if he didn't have your notes, you wouldn't have paid that much attention. That was me. Like, yeah. if I had just, like, drank some wine and watched this movie, like, I wouldn't have been able to get through it. I would have definitely stopped. Like, probably even yeah. before, probably as soon as the Munchkin section happens, I would have been like, I'm out, because I hate those songs. And I was tempted to, like, <laughs> skip it. I was like, can I get away on this podcast with just skipping this entire section? And I was like, probably mm, not. nah, I run this podcast. I probably shouldn't do that. So I didn't. Um, but will I be revisiting this movie within the next 10 years? No. Unless Kaya Noah asked to watch it. Unless they're like, yeah, sure. Let's see if what the hype's all about. Then I will not be watching this again. Yeah, I can't put my finger on when I will be watching this next. I think that's what bothered me about this movie. I had no desire to watch it again. Yeah. And most of the time with some of these movies I cover on this podcast, I'm very tempted to, like, watch it again, even, like, very soon. I'm well, like, I with have to watch this again. Hocus Pocus and Princess Diaries prepping for those, I watched Hocus Pocus three times, mainly because I loved it so much. And Princess Diaries I put on twice while getting ready, just mm-hmm. because I loved watching them, got so much out of it. This one, I, f- I fell asleep during. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my point. But I... I you have me really like second guessing this movie now. You're allowed. Like I think nostalgia. Like I'm nostalgic about other movies from my childhood. That yeah, aren't... and I think yeah, so much of it purely is the nostalgia. Yeah, and that's okay. We all have yeah. a movie that is our nostalgia movie. That no matter what, like that is our childhood movie. That's why I made this podcast. Um, 
But I do think that, like, as there are some movies that as we get older, we start to examine a little bit. And we're like, oh, like, I remember, like, rewatching, um, uh, I think for fun, my sister and I a few years ago, there was a movie we were obsessed with as kids, um, the, uh, The Master of Disguise. Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, it is, well, one, it's terrible. Um, but as kids, we were obsessed with it. Like, I okay. watched that so many times, both my sister and I. We re- re- My parents still have the DVD of it, so we revisited it a few years ago, just for fun. We were like, remember how much we loved that movie? We watched that, like, once a week. Like, why? Mm. Why were we so obsessed with it? We rewatched it a few years ago, and it was fucking horrible. Like, all of the jokes were, like, really <laughs> dumb kid jokes that adults can't get anything out of. Oh. It just used all of these really weird, like, movie moments over the years to, like, put into that movie to make be sure. like, ha-ha. And um, it was awful. <laughs> and I have it on the list to do for this podcast because I'm really going to fuck that movie up. But, <laughs> yeah, it was rough. And Kelly and I were just like, yikes, thank God we don't like that kind of humor anymore. Like, thank God our taste yeah. has evolved, you know? Fair. But I think that's, like, that's why I like revisiting some of these childhood movies. Because, like, sometimes... Yeah. There's ones I have on my list that terrified me as a child or made me really sad as a child that I really mm. want to revisit because I'm like, maybe as a kid, I was just being way too emotional about it. And maybe, sure. but I also, as an adult, want to see like, maybe it makes me more emotional now. Hashtag brave little toaster. Yes, exactly. Brave little toaster, the page master. Like there's oh, so yeah. many that I'm like, gave, created such emotional, the little, uh, a little princess. Like there's yeah. so oh, many emotional cool. movies that I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I watched them now. Um, so that was this movie. Yeah, I can safely say that the next time I watch this movie, I will purely be watching the first five minutes, or the first ten minutes and the last five minutes for Hunk. (laughs) Oh my god, Ray Bulger is like blushing wherever he is in in the universe. Down in hell, yeah. Oh my god, no, don't (laughs) do that. No, I'm joking, I don't (laughs) know. Oh my god, um, let's move into the- Be there soon. Last- (laughs) No, not soon, shut up! (laughs) Stop it. You're scaring me. You're so dark. Um, (laughs) Let's move on to... Oh, I forgot to mention for I have some notes for those of you keeping track at home. I wrote seven pages. Oh, I meant to ask you. That's not bad. Yeah, seven pages is pretty... Now is actually funny enough. I think the last few movies I've done have been seven pages exactly. I'm going to see what I have. That's just where I'm landing now. I think I'm starting to enjoy the movies a little bit more as I watch instead of Mm. just writing notes. Um, I have six pages on this one. Oh, hey, look at us. We almost tied. Yeah. Um, let's go into remake. The ironic yes. question of this podcast, should this be remade? Which obviously Wizard of Oz has so many iterations of. It has been made into every TV show, musical, movie, song, uh, mm-hmm. miniseries, like literally so many things. Um, oh, wait, like since it <laughs> came out. Um and what I find funny is, like, I think the thing that hasn't survived is the books. The thing that all of this is based off. Yeah. Has not survived the test of time. Uh, yeah. I don't know anybody who buys the books to read to their kids because it's even darker than the movie. So, like, I feel like it's just not appropriate for kids. I've only read the first two. I've heard that they're just very, they're, like, way too intense. So I enjoyed them for what they were worth. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um. So... I didn't actually write any notes on the remake thing. I really didn't think about it at all because I figured you would probably come with, like, your own opinions to it. And yeah. there's so many iterations of it. I was like, I'm not going to research how many <laughs> things have been made about this. Are you kidding? No, it's not worth it. I mean, it's just, it's, like, the estate of Wizard of Oz, has you were saying, has been utilized so many times. Actually, as I'm saying this, I'm, you know, 
what a couple miles from where l frank Baum lived for a while yeah i also um, sorry to interrupt you i also no. just realized i mentioned like wicked earlier as if that was the only musical about wizard of oz but like the whiz duh the whiz yeah and like some people are probably screaming at home right now like the whiz is better but i've actually never seen the whiz or like listened to the soundtrack or have anything have you seen the movie no you haven't seen the movie you should nope. see the movie i want to i just never have i i i don't know why i just didn't grow up with it i only grew up with wizard of oz yeah the um, movie is very different I love the movie. It's very different from the stage show. I love, I mean, I I love the stage show. I like the movie, I should say. Oh, but okay. it's definitely worth a watch. Very good. Yeah, I want to. Um, but so I just wanted to mention that to be like, it could have been like Wizard of Oz or The Wiz instead of yeah. just like Wicked. <laughs> just for those. Or even like Wicked versus yeah. The Wiz. Um, DM me, guys, if you have an opinion on this. I would love to know. <laughs> um, anyway, continue your spiel. Um, yeah. Uh, where was I going with that? So remakes, I, to answer the question, should this be remade? No. If there's no reason to remake this movie, I heard like in my research that they were looking to remake the book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, and that I'd totally be down for. Hmm. Uh-huh. As long as it's not done in a way like, uh, what was the movie that came out with Franco, that Franco guy in it? Oh my God. I wrote that as a note at one point. I was like, LOL, remember the Disney uh like prologue movie of this yeah whatever it was called i didn't see it, it looked um like i shit. think it was called um i think it was called like the i think it was called something like the wonderful wizard of oz or something now something i'm looking like it that. up right yeah. now um because yeah it had a weird long unnecessarily like, long title <laughs> i mean i would totally and i forget the name of the director who's they're like they is uh, on board for doing it but that i would be really really into i think that there would be some really fun ways to explore the darker themes of the book and to just i'd be curious to see what a truer version of the book on film would be but then the question there is are you really going to do the wizard of oz without the ruby slippers you know like mm-hmm. without all these things that have become so ingrained in oh oz the, the great and powerful that's what it was 2013 yeah oh what a time yeah. i remember going to <laughs> what a time, uh, i remember going to the theaters to see that oh you saw it yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember my family being like, yeah, family movie night. We can all watch that. And it was horrible. And we were all like, whoops. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of... So that's my question. On the... That's my statement on the movie. Should it... should they remake this movie? Fuck no. Another movie on The Worst of Us? I guess. Sure. I don't want to see a super weird, like, punk fantasy version of it. Or, like, steampunk <laughs> fantasy version of That's it. literally, like, the sci-fi miniseries. <laughs> Exactly. That I don't want to see. But the other problem that I think the story lends itself to, at least adaptations of the MGM film, like the musical, the story doesn't work on stage well for me. It doesn't. Form-wise. Because the where's the act break go? Obviously when they make it to the Emerald City. Okay, cool. So now your entire first act, act has to be her at home, in the cyclone, getting to Oz, meeting the three people, which sounds like i guess a lot quote unquote but it really isn't well i think i think the show would be better if like maybe they organized it of like the first like they did three acts instead of two and wrote the first act of just in in kansas and maybe add a little bit more drama to it like miss mm. gulch is threatening to take their home like add a, maybe a little bit higher stakes than just the dog something yeah but then the question is if you're putting the movie on stage are you really going to be writing like are 
are you going to touch the material and write those new songs and add that story in? Because I think then people are going to come to the theater and go away with, what, is, what was that? That wasn't my Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my problem with the musical because you literally, what do you get in the first act? You get Somewhere Over the Rainbow, Munchkin Land, and then If I Only Had a Blank, nine times, yep. 20 times, 30,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> 30,000. It also doesn't pack a punch without the color reveal. Like what we talked about, no. like without that reveal of the beauty of Oz, which on stage you can't really replicate. What are you going to do? Sepia tones, lights all over the stage for like the first 20 minutes. Like, though, if it's, I don't, if you had the budget for that, I mean, they did that with city of angels. Yeah. And city of angels looked really good. Hmm. But... I don't know. But, I mean, how many little theaters are doing that? Yeah, they can't. That? Yeah, Broadway can Full do that, but it wouldn't translate. It wouldn't no. transfer. Um, but then the second act is so chock full of everything else. I don't know. It just doesn't work on stage for me at all. Yeah. And I'm also like, can't we write a more interesting story about, like, a girl coming, like, discovering her own self-worth without needing to use this material? Like... Let's I mean, stop think, using yes. Wizard of Oz and write a new version of, like, women discovering their self-worth. Yeah. Because um, I think at the end of the day, that's supposed to be the message, right? Or no, the message is there's no place like home. That's the thesis. But weirdly enough, I kind of what I was talking about in the best quotes, the message I took away from this was everything that you need, you have. Like, you are already... Er, well, see, I what think... am I trying to say? No, I totally... You, no, no, no. I, I see where you're coming from. That, like, yeah. you have everything you need. You just have to, like, unlock it. Um, Mm -hmm. or like acknowledge that it's there. Um, I actually, that's part of the reason this is reminding me of another reason I didn't like the movie Mm. is that I do feel like there's too many theses that like don't make sense (laughs) or just like that. They almost like cancel each other out. Sure. I do see that. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think that's confusing. Um, and where was I going with that thought? No, I think that was just it that I thought that there yeah. was. Oh no, now I remember. Because I thought like by the end of the movie, I thought the major thesis was thesis was there's no place like home, and I was examining it, right. and I was like, in modern society, I don't think that's correct anymore. Like that no. makes sense to say in 1939 in the Great Depression, yeah. right before World War II, Germany's taking over the world, and you're trying to tell yourself like you have enough at home. Whether you're broke, whether you're scared, whatever, like, home is where the heart is. Yeah. Well, so that whole, I, the whole line she said, I didn't roll my eyes, but I had a similar reaction <laughs> at the end where she says something along the lines of, if I ever go looking for my heart's desire again, I won't look exactly outside past, of my backyard or yes. past my own backyard. Yeah. Um, and, but you're right. That doesn't compute anymore with us. Yeah. It's, I mean, it we've really both moved lands- away from our families. We've Everybody away- really does that. We've moved away from our families. And even, like, for us, it's, like, career-based. But some people, like, have to yeah. to escape, like, family persecution. And, like, oh, especially so. yeah. especially in today's society with, like, Trump supporters and QAnon conspirator- conspirators oh and, like, all these people that, like, families now are, like, really breaking apart. And I think that that sometimes, in the right scenario, is healthy. You have to pull 100%. away from your family to be the person that you want to be. Sometimes you yeah. have to do that. And so this movie, I feel like that's also the reason that I wasn't really comfortable with having to show it to Kai and Noah. Noah feeling like I had to force it on them. Because I was like, well, that message, like, yeah, sure, I want them to stay close to me and their dad. Like, I want them and yeah. to stay close to their moms. Like, I want them to... Um, know that home is home is where the heart is, that they can be safe there, you know? But also, yeah. like, I don't want them to feel like I'm holding them back from a destiny that might be beyond their backyard. Sure. Um, and I feel like that's part of the sad thing about 
uh, Dorothy is that she has bigger dreams than working on a farm, than living on a farm. And at the end of the movie, the whole movie has totally convinced her, oh no, my dreams were way too big. I shouldn't have done that. That's yeah, that what line I that's what really... I felt at the end of the movie. Yeah. And that was very unfortunate. See, and when we put it in those terms, now I, now I'm saying, you know what? No, you don't have to see this movie. Yeah. Wizard okay. of Oz, why are you doing me like this? <laughs> I feel bad that I've like made us go full circle to that. <laughs> but I hope everybody held out and listened till the end to hear that the hot take and I'm interested to see if people agree or not. Case. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'll gate Oh, sorry. But in a different way. (laughs) It's something Jonathan and I say. We say like a gay gasp. It's gasp. That's funny. Gasp. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's funny. Um, but yeah, I might. Maybe I'll revisit it now that I've done it. You know what's funny is I'm almost tempted to rewatch it because I kind of feel bad for trashing it so much. You you went full on trash. I think I'm going to rewatch it actually like very soon. I think because I think I need to one. I don't think I'm gonna. I I don't. I need to watch it without writing notes. Yes. I still need to watch it with some wine to help. We should watch party this shit. <gasps> you and I are totally... We're going to watch party this. Okay, that's, that's what we need to do. We okay, need to both what we're get some do. wine, watch Wizard of Oz. Okay, yes. That sounds like a great plan because, yeah, I feel I feel a little guilty that I just, like, trashed it. But I also think... <laughs> maybe I think I'm also just reaching that point where I'm realizing... I'm, I'm exiting... Oh, this sounds weird. I'm, like, 24. I shouldn't be exiting an innocence phase. But I'm... St- I'm starting to, I kind of acknowledged it with an episode coming out soon on, um, well, it, it's already will have come out by the time our episode airs, but Mm. I did an episode on Oliver and Company. And in it, I reference, um, how a sociology teacher I had at SU pointed out that, um, one of the characters is like a racist depiction of, uh, Latino people. Mm. And I never noticed that. And I grew up with watching that movie all the time. And I never noticed that, yeah, it is, like, a very stereotypical version of a Latinx person. Mm. And I mentioned on the podcast, and I was like, I'm starting to reach that point where it's very difficult to watch things that I grew up watching when I was a kid because they're all offensive. Yeah. Or, like, they all say something bad about people, um, yeah. about specific people in society that are targeted every day. And I am just having a hard time digesting some of these pieces. And, and it's something I've mentioned on the podcast before most of the movies I've covered have not featured even a single person of color. Yeah. And uh, it's getting bleak <laughs> that, yeah. like, I literally, there aren't enough childhood movies that even had people of color in it um, from, yeah. like, our childhood. No. And it is dark days that I'm discovering. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> God, this ended so dark. This is ending super dark. Fuck. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> I'm so oh fuck. This is your birthday episode, and I just shat on all over the birthday No. Okay, I'm gonna stop doing birthday episodes. I've now learned. I've learned my lesson. This was a bad idea. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh I just think this means that when I eventually get you to let me do the movie I wanna do, that you always you always do the movie you wanna do. No, the one movie I want to do, and you're like, oh, no. No one knows that movie. (laughs) Okay, the next, I promise, the next movie, the next episode you come on, we will do that movie. Watch you never let me on this sewing again. (laughs) No! No! No, I have to have you on, because this is how we catch up. Because we talked for an hour before we record. Fuck, that's that's actually really true. Yeah. Um, 
I guess that's it. Shit. Is there anything happier to end on? Fuck. Um, go um, listen to Over the Rainbow, guys. Just, like, go. Yeah. After listening go. to this episode and me depressing the shit out of you, just go listen to that song, like, ten go million times. Go watch the Wizard of Oz Dreams Comes True concert on YouTube <laughs> with Natalie Cole as Glinda. Oh, go watch a ride-through of the great movie ride oh. at Disney World and watch the uh, the animated, the, the segment on Wizard of Oz. It's really cute. Um, Lady Gaga's dogs returned. Oh, that's going to be super out of date by the time this is out. It's going to be so out of date. That's like two weeks from now this is coming out. (laughs) Oops. Oh, my God. But I am very happy for her and her dogs. Toto! I know, and I'm so happy that the dog walker is okay. Well, she survived. That's so fucking terrifying. I know. Can you imagine? I hope that they... Sorry, happy. Happy things. Happy things. Yeah, fuck! Um... Stop! me what do you mean it's almost midnight that we're recording this so maybe we're just like in that like dark night phase of like oh, dark night of the soul eleven yeah. forty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of like some indie film that's coming out in 2022 <laughs> that's the name of my band <laughs> okay well thanks everybody for listening i'm so sorry if we depressed the shit out of you that's my bad whoops <laughs> I haven't done that on one of these episodes, I think, yet. So I was going to say, I is this the did. first time this has happened? I think I this is the most depressing slash... Yeah, I think this is the most probably depressing episode I've done. And I can't say I was going to expect that with The Wizard of Oz. I wasn't either, because it's not supposed to be. But it's no. also just like a creepy movie, so... It is. Whoops. God damn it. Whoops. <laughs> um, so, uh, thanks everybody for listening. I really hope you go cheer yourselves up now. Um, I hope we made you laugh in the beginning. We were having a lot of fun in the beginning. We were having a lot of fun. And then you really broke the mood. <laughs> oh, you know what I'm going to do at this moment? This is where I'm going to input it. Right now, I'm going to play the drunken yes, yes, voice yes. memos that I sent to Jacob while watching the movie. And I promise that's going to make you laugh and going to cheer you right up. So those are going to go right here. Okay, so there's a thought I'm having about this movie while I'm watching. I just got to The Cowardly Lion. And I probably can't talk about this on the podcast, so I'm going to tell you about it now. Is the, is courage, like, what the the cowardly lion is lacking is courage. Is courage supposed to be a euphemism for a penis? Because, like, so we have brains. We have a heart. And you have to think about the male anatomy. And, like, what other thing is there that's as important as, like, a brain or a heart to men, you know? Like, it's not going to be, like, a leg. Like, so, like, I think courage is supposed to be a euphemism for a penis right like you know grow some balls like cojones whatever or maybe it's balls i think penis works better than balls right anyway just things i'm thinking about while i'm watching this also i'm near the end of the movie and dorothy's just told the wizard of oz that they melted the witch that like she's like we melted her and he goes ah you liquidated her and I just wrote down mansplaining. Like, she just told you they melted her. And you're like, oh, you liquidated her. Like, fucking mansplaining, man. Fucking sucks. I've had two glasses of wine. This is where I'm at. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go now before I embarrass myself more. Bye. Okay, final random thought. But the Wizard of Oz is literally Donald Trump. Like, a guy who pretends to do cool things for a living but isn't actually cool you know like when trump started off as like this real estate like millionaire bajillionaire person 
and then actually doing his job badly. You know, like, the, the Wizard of Oz says that, like, he was supposed to, like, fly into the air on a hot air balloon and then land, like, safely, you know? Instead, he travels to a totally different, like, world and lands in Oz. So, like, he didn't do his job correctly. So, like, that's Trump. Somehow manages to be considered, like, an amazing bajillionaire and gets into the presidency because everybody's like, he's a good businessman, blah, 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 blah. But is actually, like not a good businessman and is actually like defaulted on many loans and has sued people because he didn't pay them for their work and like all this shit. So just like, he's literally Donald Trump. He's even blonde. Like this is just, we sh we've had this movie for like almost a hundred years and we have just like, haven't learned the truth. And I'm just very disappointed in America right now. Okay. Bye. And then we cut back to me saying goodbye. So thank you all for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, I know Apple Podcasts does reviews. I love reading them. I really, really do. Around, I guess when this episode comes out, I'll do the sticker giveaway. So keep an eye out for that. Follow at Please Don't Remake This on Instagram. That's where I'm going to be posting about the giveaway. So please follow me on Instagram. Um, I hope you tune in for next week's episode. Wish Jacob a very merry happy birthday. Happy birthday. Wizard of Oz is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Jacob. Oh, man. Um, did you want to add anything? <laughs> no. Go do something to cheer yourself up. Yeah. Everybody. Sorry, Just guys. I pandemic. Hope you, I hope everything you like, going on. <laughs> I hope you like the voice memos. Those are fun. Oh, past Jacob sounds really handsome. <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>